deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laughs fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we are back after a nice, relaxing week off. How are you feeling? Are you dusting off the cobwebs? Are you ready? Are you feeling charged up? How how, is, how did that break treat you? Well, I will apologize in advance if my voice is unusually monotone today. I have the world's worst canker sore. So I can only talk out of one side of my mouth, which is a great way to start again. <laughs> Uh, so I'm sorry if I sound really like unenthusiastic. It's probably just that. Probably. It's the, I mean, it's that, or we're talking about Harry Potter. Exactly. There will be no way to tell. <laughs> I think you sound fine, but also, I'm, I'm, you know, I gotta say, talking out of one side of your mouth—that to me, like that's that's like a cool character trait. Yeah. I think you can kind of you can spin that into a positive. You'd be like, I don't know, like I'm thinking. 40s movies where they have like the long cigarette holder in their mouth oh sure or, or like uh when mads mickelson in the james bond movie has like blood coming out of his eyeball <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad you picked <laughs> up where i was going with this one because we have we have a little bit of updated news to get to honestly not that much news uh i was i was a little worried when we decided to take a break where i was like you know obviously it's good to take a break but like we we kind of have a um uh i guess a track record of uh of doing breaks right when something insane happens right yeah uh or 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 finishing an episode right before a big headline comes out um and i was like how big is our news segment going to be next week i wonder turns out maybe not all that big because the only real uh, uh news is that mads was for sure confirmed to be playing Grindelwald in the next Fantastic Beasts movie. What are your what are your thoughts? How do you feel about this? Oh, we did say a couple of weeks ago, right, that we thought he might be playing a little joke on us. Yeah. Little joke. No one's called yeah. me yet, winky face. Yeah, I feel like in retrospect, it was pretty obvious that he was just like on I mean, there's there's been this thing with um uh a lot of Johnny Depp stands on Twitter. Who have like yeah. been replying to the news articles about Mads being confirmed? Be mm -hmm. like, how can how can WB trust this man when he lied in this article where he said that he hadn't gotten the phone call yet? <laughs> Which is very funny to be on from two directions. Number one, uh, do you think uh, that when an, when a journalist asks an actor, uh, "Hey, are you in a movie?" They is it like when like when you meet an undercover cop? Yeah. And it's like you if you're if you're in a movie you have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh and then and then number 2 uh do how long do they think a phone call takes? Because there's like a week between those two headlines. <laughs> <laughs> so he could just not be lying. Like it, either he's lying and who cares because actors are, you know, it's not against the law for an actor to like not spoil a thing they're doing or whatever. <laughs> and then Number two, I mean, it's a phone call. They they call him and say, "Congrats, baby, you're gonna be a star." And that's that. Doesn't really take that. Doesn't really take much more than that. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, it just wasn't that much of a grand lie. It was just it was a very it was a very like winky face kind of like I don't know. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. He didn't say like I definitely will not be Grindelwald, right? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't say like what the fuck are you talking about? Under oath, I will not yeah. be Grindelwald. I wish. What if? Just what kidding. if that is how like entertainment reporting worked? That would be so cool <laughs> if you could just like. If you just like email Nintendo, like, are you making a new Metroid? And they would have Shit. to say, you would have to say, fuck, someone's, at, god damn it, we have, we can't lie. Right. We can't say no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people um, uh, seem to be under the impression that that makes you an untrustworthy actor. Pro- is very proven a liar. Proven liar. He said he wasn't going to be in the movie, and now he is. Um. But uh, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. I, we we talked about this a little bit last week as well. I'm bummed that he's in it. You know, mm-hmm. like I, like I, like you know, I I would not say that I I stan Mads Mikkelsen or anything. Uh, but you know, it's a bummer. He's an actor I like, and I kind of would prefer if he would not work with J.K. Rowling. Yeah, right? I was sort of kind of holding on to. What is obvious in retrospect, an unrealistic fantasy that like they would struggle to get someone to agree to do this movie. Yeah. And they yeah. have to get some no name nothing mm-hmm. actor to be mm-hmm. Grindelwald because it's like nobody good would sign up. Yeah. That is obviously not real. Right, that is obviously not true. I mean, who knows? I'm I'm sure this is a big payday, uh, and for for any actor. But like, it is it is there. There's a part of me that is like, ah, oh, that that sucks. That is a. I would say I would chalk it up as a as a knock against the guy's, uh, career choices. Right. Um, that being said, if we if we have to get this fucking movie, <laughs> and we do, if we. And we do. For some reason. For some reason, we have to, this movie has to exist, and we have to uh, get a new Fantastic Beasts movie with a Grindelwald in it. Sure. Why not? Uh, Have Mads Mads Mikkelsen's Grindelwald. Why the fuck not? Peggle 2, make phone call. Like, just, just, if if this is the road we have to go down, might as well pick the funniest actor possible. Yes. Uh, and you know, I think number one choice would have been Benedict Cumberbatch for that. Yeah. But I, but I think that, um, uh, uh, Mads Mikkelsen is probably the second funniest actor that you could pick for this. So from that perspective, that very narrow perspective, I'm, I'm like excited about this, but that is, there's like 10 binders worth of context there with me being like, well, I wish the movie didn't exist, but (laughs) you know, if, if it has to exist, this is the funniest possible way it could. So that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious. Th- like this, this now opens, I think, um, you know, speaking of uh, 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 entertainment journalism, um, I think that there is now a big opportunity for uh, any reporter worth their salt to ask not you know like I I would I would like I would like for Mads Mikkelsen to be asked about this, but you know who I would like I I would I am now pointing the spotlight towards here and would really like to hear from hmm. is fucking Eddie Redmayne. Hmm. 
Mr. Redmayne, who uh, uh, was, you know, one of the first to his credit to go on record criticizing J.K. Rowling when she uh, wrote her uh, uh, Turf Manifesto, and then backpedaled from that quite quickly uh, when filming started again and said, oh, well, um, it sucks that she's a transphobe and wrote a Turf Manifesto, but you know what also sucks? Being rude to her on Twitter. Right. Uh, which was uh, pretty shitty of him, and I would I would appreciate like anyone with access to him to ask him, hey, what's going on? With also, that I didn't think about thing. this until just this moment, mm. and maybe he was talking about just like the general news stories, which I think that typically were either defending J.K. Rowling or being pretty fair mm-hmm. about what she said. Mm-hmm. But does him saying that mean that like she complained to him about people being mean to her on Twitter? Because he's not on Twitter. <laughs> I fully in my mind, I have like like it's such a vivid picture of J.K. Rowling being someone <laughs> who calls someone on the phone to complain about being uh, bullied on Twitter. <laughs> Like, no doubt in my mind that that happened. Mm -hmm. hundred million percent that happened. Did she get all the actors into, like, a Zoom Zoom call? Oh, my God. What? Yeah. So that's the other thing, too, is um, knowing how strongly JKR is holding on to these shitty opinions Mm -hmm. and knowing how, you know, Eddie Redmayne, like... I mean, flaccidly at the end of the day, but like still at the time came out swinging pretty hard as like someone acting in her like ongoing movie series. You know, he, he had the most to lose, right? Um, I can't, like, honestly am shocked that he didn't. This is his like second strike. He did the Danish girl. How can he afford this? Another transphobia thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Um, the, uh, but like he he like was the person with the most to lose just in the in, in the sense that like he was working on a film is working on a film series with her appears to be quite close friends with her like uh at least appears with with her in public quite a lot right like went to all the premieres with her and whatnot um and I, I at the time I was like well I mean he like this could all be for nothing and it turned out it it was but like there was something to his his speaking out that was interesting because unlike Daniel Radcliffe who you know obviously it's a big deal that he said something but like he is not working with her anymore right, right. like he's well. he's not well, who knows? Yeah, that's the other thing. There's that rumor going around about uh, the the cast signing back on for a Cursed Child movie again. Um, but uh, 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 Eddie Redmayne, like, uh, uh, was was supposedly um, uh, like very upset about this, and I guess something i i guess either jk rowling yelled at him enough or he really didn't care maybe a little bit of both is probably the uh the real answer here but i want someone if if anyone's gonna get nailed to the wall here please let it be eddie redmayne because like you say he already has the danish girl thing hanging over him like i i I feel like he really can't because like you know i i i i want 
all these actors to be asked about it. But Eddie Redmayne is specifically the actor who, in his statement, was talking about how, like, oh, we've, you know, I, we've got to do right by the trans community, right? Like, he is, he is the one who has put those words in his own mouth, so he <laughs> is the one who has to live up to that, right? Um, and so, very curious if anyone will ask him that. Probably not, but I can dream. I mean, as the Johnny Depp stands have established, if you're asked a question, you have to be honest. And I think that if I was interviewing him, I, I would want to know why he messed up two times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, the, the Danish girl, big fuck up. Um, But like, I was willing to, you know, uh, I read his statement about J.K. Rowling, Rowling's themes. Like, you know what? Sure. Like, like if 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 this is a a teachable moment for him if he wants to if he wants to like do a little better on a second go around i'm all for it but uh he has kind of just tucked his tail between his legs and uh returned to just doing the same shit so so here's a question will there be no actor interviews for this movie that is a very good question i mean like there were there were already a very weird series of interviews for the second one. Do you remember? Cause, cause, cause the second movie was coming out under like the first wave of Johnny Depp stuff. Right. Right. And so there were all those interviews that were like group interviews. Do you remember those? Uh-huh, yeah. Where it was like one journalist and JK Rowling and like the cast kind of sitting behind her uh-huh. and JK Rowling would like answer most of the questions. And then like, Eddie Redmay would chime in and say, like, oh, it was so much fun working on this film. Like, you know, like it was it was <laughs> really, really rehearsed. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wonder. And Johnny Depp wasn't at any of them, right? The no, only he was one, not. The only no, one he, he did was, was, was when he like appeared in character at Comic-Con. That was the Comic-Con where Ezra Miller dressed as Toadette uh-huh. and said that uh, if magic was real, they would uh, uh, wish for the patriarchy to not exist. Right. And then like literally after <laughs> saying that, the lights went dim and Johnny Depp strolled out in character as Wizard Hitler to give a weird <laughs> monologue about the nature of truth. Very weird. Very fucking weird. And then they did not bring Johnny Depp out for any more marketing <laughs> for that movie. I just wonder if no one will be allowed to talk or if they will do one like softball inter- ensemble interview with Jimmy Fallon or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's probably what it's because the other thing about this film, right, is is that it is the environment it's being made in uh, with with like the covid filming restrictions and stuff is also leading to a little bit of a sea change in like how movies are released. Right. Mm hmm. And if it turns out that we get to, I mean, like like this morning, you sent me this article, like WB's, all of WB's 2021 films are going to be streaming same day and date, right? Mm-hmm. As the theatrical releases. And if that does well, and crime and, and uh, Crimes of Grindelwald's 2 is going to be in, you know, theaters and streaming at the same time. I wonder how much marketing they really have to do. Like, I think the landscape of marketing in general for films might be radically different by the time this movie comes out. Yeah. Like, they can control everything. They can just put out some trailers. 
you have to go to their website to look at the trailers, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, do, I don't know. And I mean, it also has the privilege of being a Harry Potter movie, right? right. Like, like if, if, if you are making a Harry Potter movie that people don't have to go to the theaters to see, they can just click a button on their computer or phone or, uh, you know, console or whatever to, to pay $20 to watch or whatever. That's not going to have the same marketing spiel. They're not going to need to like advertise on TV or, or, uh, in, in like people magazine or whatever, right. They're just going to like do web ads and Mm -hmm. they can just play the trailers and play clips and play, uh, exclusive interviews with like JK Rowling or the actors or whatever. They don't have to reach out to like variety or (laughs) any of these magazines right so it's gonna i'm i'm curious whether they're just going to take advantage of that and and not do any press tour for this thing in a traditional sense yeah probably it's probably a great excuse right yeah like like if you because because the thing the thing about the jk rowling transphobia discourse is it getting so big is that it would be really bad for them to do like you can you can control like probably what a big presser is allowed to ask right like if Mm -hmm. they do a big interview with like rolling stone or whatever but the thing is is that the more outlets you go to the less you can control and like you 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 know about like the press junket thing right where like Mm -hmm. actors will basically just spend a day going to like tons and tons of different no-name small entertainment outlets and that that like thrive off of doing those like wacky interviews with them, right? <laughs> like I mean, like where the classic Tom Hardy uh, Venom gangbang thing comes from. <laughs> yeah, they can't control what those people. I mean, they can try, right? Uh-huh. And I'm sure it's easy. I'm sure it's easy to get them to agree to like you know not ask any real hard questions and just ask funny ones, right? But at the same time. If you're like a no-name press junket that wants to make a name for yourself, mm-hmm. ask Eddie Redmayne about J.K. Rowling, right? Like that, they're not going to put him in 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 harm's way, right? Uh, uh, um, I'm, and so I'm I'm I I don't know, like yeah, the marketing is all about control, and the more control that they can have, they're going to take. And I think that uh, not having to do theaters might actually wind up working for their benefits this is like yeah just run some banner ads i don't know like do a viral twitter marketing campaign and just block everyone who asks about jk rowling yeah yep yeah yeah it's uh it, I'm, I'm i'm curious it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they spin this one because i mean it, it, again it's also it's not just jk rowling you still you've got ezra miller in the movie still and like, I think they're hoping that everyone will just forget about that. I think everyone, yeah, I think they might be right too that everyone has forgotten about that. But yeah, but I mean that story just vanished. It was some sure good did. damage control. Yeah, uh, the video is still out there. Sure, it exists, but like, yeah, as as a story, it just completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to hear what Mads Mikkelsen has to say about playing Grindelwald? Yes, in Entertainment Weekly. Uh, it says, uh, during a discussion about Mickelson's new film, another round, EW asked the Rogue One and Hannibal actor how his take on the villainous character will differ from Johnny Depp's. Well, it's going to be me, so that's a difference, Mickelson quipped. <laughs> I think that's serious. 
No, this is the tricky part. Uh, we're still working it out. There has to be a bridge between what Johnny did and what I'm going to do. At the same time, I also have to make it my own, but uh, also we have to find a few links and some bridges so it doesn't completely detach from what he's already masterfully achieved. <laughs> is it just me or is this like dripping with sarcasm, by the way? I like, can't tell. I wish there was video of it. Yeah. Yeah, the the masterfully achieved thing is very <laughs> funny. Um, I hope that this means that we are right about the thing about, like, Grindelwald's character design being all Johnny. So they're taking that with, you know, he's taking that with him. I just don't want them to put that hair on Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, there's some, someone did a deep fake of Mads Mikkelsen in the baby murder scene. <laughs> And that hairstyle does not suit him. Let me tell. I mean, it doesn't suit anyone. Let's be real, but it especially does not suit him. Uh, lots of fan art too of photoshops of of him on Johnny Depp's body, and it looks very funny. Um, <laughs> so I would hope that they go for perhaps a new design. Um, we also asked Mickelson about his reaction to landing the role, which came under such dramatic circumstances. Job-wise, it's super, obviously super interesting and nice, Mickelson said. This is my very favorite because it sounds like what <laughs> someone says in like a job interview at yeah. like Target. Like, why? What makes what, what is interesting to you about being a cashier at Target? Well, well job-wise, job it's, wise. <laughs> it's obviously super interesting and nice. And <laughs> if I have one flaw, it's that I work too hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... I really don't know. I, 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 like, I, I feel like a chapter has, like, finished with this movie now that, like, Johnny's gone, Mickelson's in, they're making the damn thing, they're filming it. Like, I, I feel like we, we have crested one hill, but, like, I feel like news stories about this movie are not done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like, this is. There, there, there's a part of me that's like, well, that's it. We're just not going to hear from this thing until like the trailer comes out. Um, but I f just feel like this thing is cursed. This is a cursed production. I can't it think of a more fraught. Well, I can think of a few fraught <laughs> productions for sure. But it, it, the volume of stuff is just, is just too funny. Yeah, the volume of I mean like the this the volume and also just like the seedy nature of it, right? Like mm -hmm. it's it's really there's lots of movies with like production woes, but this like like this being part and parcel with JK Rowling's nasty bullshit is um gives it a different flavor, I think. Um uh that makes it all feel all the more cursed whenever like more more confirmation that yes, this movie exists pops up. Are you surprised that we don't have a name yet? Very. Yeah. No, because this movie would have been out by this point. Right. At one time. There was there was a there was a time when uh summer 2020 was the like projected film release date. So it's kind of weird that we don't have a movie title yet. Uh for a movie that uh by all intents and purposes was supposed to come out this year. I mean, and I imagine they just pushed the marketing back. But I, yeah. I really want to know what they're going to call it. How do you follow up Crimes of Grindelwald? Crimes Excuse of me, Grindelwald. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, colon, The Crimes of the Grindelwald. The Crimes of Grindelwald. It is 
I'm shocked that they got away with calling it that. I think Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is like an okay title, but I think that's also like if we're just looking at like J.K. Rowling's clout wallet here. <laughs> mm-hmm. 2016. Sure, you're J.K. Rowling. You're making us a new Harry Potter film. You can call it fucking Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's very twee. Whatever. Very twee. It's it'll 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 grab some headlines. It'll make some you know, maybe it'll become a meme. It sort of has. Uh, uh, go ahead. Then you get around to movie two, 2018, and the first one was like it wasn't a bomb, but it wasn't great either. Um, and and she's like, I want to call this movie Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them: colon, The Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> I'm earnestly shocked that, like, the WB people were like, okay, yeah, call it that fucking word salad. <laughs> what what year did that movie come out? How long has it been? 2018. I just wanted to look at the other movies that came out in 2018 to figure out if this was, like, a convention among, like, kids' movies like, or something. Like, long titles? Yeah. Like, was this, like, the year of a bunch of YA novels becoming movies so they all had stupid long names no because none of those have become movies yet like like in 2018 i think we were still riding high on like divergent and like one word titles for ya stuff right i think think we're still due for the wave of like throne of bone and stone right like like (laughs) like we haven't gotten those yet um uh those are coming yeah 2018 mortal engines tomb raider Ready Player One, Maze Runner, Robin Hood, Deadpool, uh, Hurricane, Overlord, Midnight Sun. Infinity War came out that year. Infinity War, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Aquaman, Fifty Shades Freed, Venom, Black Panther, Upgrade. Oh, that's a good movie. Um, Pacific Rim. Oh, yeah, the shitty Pacific Rim sequel. Uh, Oh, okay. Here's one. Here's one. The house with a clock in its walls. Mm. That's, that's sort a, of a. Yeah, that's just. I just feel like that's in a different like class of movies. Like that was like a. If I'm thinking of the right thing, that was just like a goofy kids movie, right? Yeah, that's a kids movie. Should we like look at specifically like YA stuff? Like, what do we? I'm just I'm just checking out Google's the movies. Google's categories are really fun. Okay, so we Google's categories is like popular movies, adventure movies, and then it's. 2018 movies about World War II, and then if you scroll down further, 2018 movies about revenge. Wonderful. Wait, movies for you. Wait, let's see what movies it thinks I would like. (laughs) I barely ever log into Google, so this will be interesting. Occupation. Never heard of it. The Little Mermaid. Wait, did they make, was was there a live action Little Mermaid that I forgot about? I don't think so. Not that I know of. First man, I did not like that movie. Million Little Pieces, no. How it ends, don't know what that is. Rise of the Viking, never heard of it. Alpha, never heard of it. The Girl in the Spider's Web, no, bad. I looked at all the movies, and I think Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Crimes of Grindelwald is the longest one. That is a long and mouthy title. Wait, is the <gasps> wait? Hold on. Is mm. the official name of this I is the official name of it Fantastic Beasts the Crimes of Grindelwald? Oh, did they like whittle they it did. down? They shortened it. Oh, that's even better. I did not know that. 
Oh, I actually also did not realize that. They actually did shorten the title. Fantastic I know that's Beasts, what, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I remember that that's what we were always calling it, but I thought that that was shorthand. Yeah. I did not realize that they whittled it down to... Uh, it's probably because when we went and saw the movie, they forgot to turn the lights off, so we didn't see the <laughs> title card. We didn't see the title card! <laughs> yeah, it's actually very funny. I'm looking at all the marketing materials right now, and Fantastic Beasts is very small. Yes, it just is the the, the crimes. Crimes of Grindelwald. of Grindelwald is really big, and they put a lot of effort into like making the G look cool. Yeah, and the I is the uh, is the Elder Wand, mm-hmm. and the A in Wald is the Deathly Hallows. Yeah, they re- okay, so they really, really want you to forget that it was called Crimes of Grindelwald, or that mm-hmm. it was called Fantastic Beasts, rather. Yeah. I'm now looking at my favorite poster that I remember from this thing, which is the one where they are all standing with their backs to the camera (laughs) on a white background. And the tagline is, who will change the future? And it's like a bunch of characters who are in the movie for maybe five seconds. It looks like a fake movie. (laughs) There's, There's the house elf goblin lady in this. It sounds like a fake movie that was made up for a YA novel, like a fake movie in a John Green novel. Yes, yes, yes. Dumbledore is here. He's in the movie a lot. But then there's like Nicholas Flamel, who has like two lines. They really wanted you to think it was an ensemble movie and not a Johnny Depp movie. It was a nothing movie. (laughs) It wasn't. Johnny Depp wasn't like super in it. No. That movie is so bad. Can we brainstorm some new titles? For the new... For, yeah, okay. Well, so we got Crimes of Grindelwald. What do we know about the third one? It's going to be in Brazil. We know that. It's going to be... It's going to be big. It's fizzing. Big. It's fizzing. It's big. Um. Do, okay, now here's here's the first question. Do they stick with just Fantastic Beasts or do they bring back Fantastic Beasts somewhere to find them for the title? I think I think that the rest of them just are going to be Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts colon. Which okay. Sort of drives me a little bit crazy because it makes it it makes it seem like the first one is like Fantastic Beasts colon and, and where, where to, to find, find them. them. <laughs> yeah, and then Fantastic Beasts colon and the Crimes of Grindelwald. Because mm-hmm. that sort of follows the Harry Potter conventions, right? Like Harry Potter and the blank. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. Okay. So, Crimes of Grindelwald. It's and the problem is that Crimes of Grindelwald is such a funny real title. <laughs> it's really difficult to come up with like a good joke one. Uh, Crimes of Nope. The first movie is called It's Fantastic Beasts. I keep saying Crimes of Grindelwald. Here's mine. Fantastic yeah. Beasts. Mm. New Grindelwald. <laughs> New Grindelwald. Uh huh. <laughs> Grindelwald's new look. The Grindelwald's new clothes. <laughs> the Grindelwald's new groove. Grindelwald's <laughs> new groove. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's Fantastic Beasts. Grindelwald's new groove. <laughs> Grindelwald's new groove. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, it's, um... I... See... It's. I, I feel like they're kind of in between a rock and a hard place here because I feel like you don't want to put 
Grindelwald in the title because you don't want to make people think it's the fir- the second movie again. Right. On the other hand, Grindelwald is like the big deal in this one, probably even bigger than last time. Even it, though well, you say that, but they were literally saying that they were going right. to reduce his role. <laughs> they were going to minimize his role when the movie <laughs> ended with him revealing a like earth shattering bomb for like the entire series. You know why this movie is going to suck ass? It's going to be because Mads Mikkelsen is going to be the best actor in the whole thing. He's going to be the most fun character. And he's going to have 10 minutes in the movie. And the whole thing is going to be Newt doing some bullshit we don't care about. Right. That, that, is, that is what is going to happen here is that, like, none, no one's going to leave satisfied. And it's going to just make us feel like we need a shower. Because mm-hmm. we are going to watch it. It's going to suck ass. Um <laughs> There's going to be 10 really glorious minutes uh-huh. of Mads Mikkelsen chewing the scenery, which, yeah. by the way, the more I've been thinking about this and, like, thinking about the roles that he has played mm-hmm. and, like, the way that Grindle, uh, that Johnny Depp played Grindelwald, it's going to be really funny because he he is a character actor. Yeah. You know, he he plays more or less the same kind of person in each movie. Yeah. Noth- that's I don't think that's a bad thing. I think he's wonderful at, at doing that. Um, but like that style of character is so not who Johnny Depp's Grindelwald was that it's going to be really funny seeing him do that shtick (laughs) off of like Jude Law and Eddie Redmayne who are like annoying British guys. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very funny. He is going to be way too likable in this role. That's that, what it, I'm scared yeah, about, right? Yep. Because he is so likable in everything. Yes. Even if he's extremely evil. I think they're going to have to have him kill another baby to be like, uh-oh, we can't make people like him too much. He will be so much better at killing a baby than Johnny Depp. Oh, I know. It's going to be so much funnier, whatever uh-huh. he does. He, like, he, he, will, he will concoct some incredible like Rube Goldberg magical child killing machine <laughs> that'll be so much cooler than anything that Johnny Depp did in the second movie. Right. But like that's like that's the other thing that's disappointing is that like yeah, I'm probably going to walk away from this thing going like damn, the only good part of this movie is Mads Mikkelsen uh uh hamming it up as Grindelwald and then I'm going to be sad cuz I'm going to be like damn, I wish Mads Mikkelsen wasn't in this stupid J.K. Rowling movie. Right. So it's just like I said, I'm just going to end up feeling like grimy no matter what. Uh and I wish I wish she'd go away. I hope he gets <laughs> I wish scenes they with Jude make- Law. I feel cuz Do you think do you think ha- they do you think they will smolder? That's what I- because that's the only good part that's going to happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. And are they going to let them be in the same scene together? Because Johnny Depp and Jude Law weren't in a scene together, were they? N- no, we only got that like very clearly uh, cut together out of B-roll scene of Jude Law like wistfully looking into the mirror of Erised. Mm-hmm. And like first the uh, the Deathly Hallows actor appearing and then Johnny Depp appearing, and it just looked like a Photoshop. Right. Just, like, in the mirror. Um, They're, there like, was... not allowed to interact in this film. Yeah, there there was no scene where, like, they had a climactic wand battle. And I, I know that that's supposed to eventually happen in, like, 
Well, no, well, yes, yes. Okay, no, there, there's two duels, right? This is the three-way duel that's happened in this movie. <laughs> uh, but, but when this movie starts where Ariana dies, and then there's there's the, the 1945 duel, right? Those are mm-hmm. different. So that's happened. But but will we get Johnny Depp? Or John, we won't get Johnny Depp. Will we get Mads Mikkelsen and Jude Law? I don't, like, what, what can they possibly do? Like, are they going <laughs> to... Are they gonna have like a like a wizard sword fight on like a like a like a night like a fucking tank on a like an aircraft carrier? Like how are they going to <laughs> weave World War II into this? Uh poorly. I don't I yeah, don't know. Well, yes. Yeah. I guess that's what I don't know is like how deep they're gonna go into that. Cause my my gut is not because I feel like that's a little tasteless. Oh yeah. But I mean that. But taste means nothing. I know. Crimes of Grindelwald. The Crimes of Grindelwald has an entire subplot and ostensibly a children's movie. Really fucked up. J.K. Rowling has no sense of taste yeah, for running, writing kids' running movies. Parallel to the Queenie Jacob stuff that's played off as a joke. I just right. Yeah. It it has been two years since we've seen this movie, and it's still just like I I can't. I can't get it out of my head. It's it's the worst movie ever made. It's really fucking bad. How did they manage it? Yeah, it's really bad. It is it is tasteless. It is not, I mean like it just structurally it's a bad movie. It is uh racist. It is uh really uh, uh weird about uh sex stuff. Too. It is a bafflingly bad movie. <laughs> You know, the really dark thing about all this is we keep on, like, talking about this and, like, Crimes of Grindelwald keeps coming up. I feel like we might have to watch it again at some point. I Because I have no idea what happened in it. Yeah. I feel like we might need to do, like, a Crimes of Grindelwald, like, revisit and, like, really pick this thing apart post J.K. Rowling really kind of going off the map. I don't know if I can take it. (laughs) We're gonna do... I watched that, like... There's been a, a like nine hour lost retrospective going around mm-hmm. uh, this week, which I watched and very much enjoyed. But I feel like we might have to end up doing that with Crimes of Grindelwald, <laughs> like, just just sitting down and really rolling up our sleeves and getting into what the fuck is going on in this movie. Um, I, have an, I have another title. Yeah. Fantastic Beasts. Here we go again. <laughs> Do it like a like a like a wacky '90s sequel. <laughs> yeah. Here we go again. Uh huh. <laughs> We're back. Exactly. <laughs> oh God, they they could call it like Fantastic Beasts. Man is the real beast. Oh, yeah, that's the, for the that's for the last one. Yeah, that's maybe that's not the title, but someone's gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Grindelwald. Grindelwald is going to be like dying like Rutger Hauer and Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. And he, and he's going to be like cradled in in Dumbledore's arms and he say we're the real we're the real beasts. Dumbledore <laughs> Albus. Man, man is the real beast. Uh-huh. And and Newt Newt will shed a single tear. Right. Cuz actually Newt more or less did <laughs> say that in the first movie if I remember right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, cause it's, yeah, there's the part where he's like, uh, oh, uh, he's being hunted by the most dangerous beast of all, humans. Uh, (laughs) 
or something like that. So that really will, gave that one up early. Yeah, early I should have saved that one. Franchise, have yeah. Mads Mikkelsen crying in the rain. Vangelis is playing, and he says, "Albus, we perhaps we perhaps we are the real beasts." Well, that's Ring Theory because Newt said it in the first one, <laughs> and then we can have Mads say it in the last one. And then Newt, Newt can have a moment where he's like, wow, me and this villain, we weren't so different at the end of the day. Yeah, because that's also sort of what Harry Potter is about. But yeah. then it's just like, isn't that weird? <laughs> it's not really about anything. God, Crimes of Grindelwald is fucked up. The fucking, the, the, the queenie stuff is so baffling. That's the one that I always come back to that you mentioned. The like mm-hmm. the, like Queenie the, the Queen Queenie was just drugging Jacob and it was a joke. That yeah. was like a running gag throughout the movie. Right. And then, then she got really sad and confused and joined the Nazis. But when he was mad about it, he was mad about being drugged, and she was like, Well, I'm gonna guess I'll be a Nazi then. Guess I'll guess I'll go over here. Guess I'll die. Right. Nazi- yeah, really weird stuff. I'm still I, my still my number one prediction is and, and I think um, even even stronger than before uh, where, where I made this prediction was was I think that like knowing what we know now about like, well, maybe J.K. Rowling did intend Dumbledore to be gay the whole time just for like different reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that Queenie is going to be evil bisexual. Yeah. Like they set they they've set up the like the evil French lady, right? I feel like I feel like that's possible. If anyone's gonna smolder, it's gonna does be the them. Evil, it's not Does the evil French lady say any words? Yeah, they're really weird too. Like she speaks French mostly. There's like the one good joke in that movie too, where like Queenie is like in the the creepy Grindelwald follower house and she like uh, uh, um, like the lady brings her tea or whatever, and she's just like, "I don't really understand French people." Like, just, just there's a really, <laughs> there's a really funny line there that was like genuinely pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, I yeah, she 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 I mean, she speaks more than Grindelwald, I think, because she like hmm. does she like does all his stuff. She's like the she's like the the right hand man to Grindelwald. So I I. I think she might actually have more screen time than Johnny Depp. Hmm. From what I remember. She brings him the skull bong. Oh, yeah. A sacred t- duty. She, yeah, she, like, takes the first puff and passes it to him mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, the sacred duty of the skull bong. Right. Oh, yeah, that's my, other, that's my other prediction. The, the skull is Ariana. Yeah, I saw, I read a really long post about that on the Fantastic Beast subreddit. Yeah. And they were, and basically the post was saying that it can't be because the timeline doesn't line up. And to which my reply is, McGonagall makes an appearance in in these films, and also I think the like, um, credence being a Dumbledore also doesn't line up. Yeah, yeah. So anything goes. The stupidest possible thing will happen. Mm Hmm. Uh, that's, that's my take. Also, J.K. Rowling has said that she's not good with dates and, like, timeline yes. stuff. Yes, So, mm-hmm. I don't know, and, and, like, literally their evidence was that it was, like, a couple years off, too, which is yeah. not significant. That's, that's not significant enough. The other thing that I had read in, in argument against that was that, like, oh, it's too big 
to be Ariana's skull, given her age. I'm like, well, I also it's a, don't. It's a prop skull. <laughs> it's a prop skull. Yeah, I, I, it's who cares? Um, um, I'm, that's that's still that's still in the in play for me. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's kind of all the news we had this week. There's not much going on. We didn't we didn't miss anything major, and I'm sure that by saying this out loud on the podcast, we will not be missing anything today. Mm-hmm. Um, just putting that energy out there. They're probably announcing the new title right now. They're probably <laughs> this episode is gonna the minute I publish this episode, they're going to release the title. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, for now, we can't worry about that. How about we get into our chapter for this week? Yeah, let's do it. Um, it's a really short one. Yes. I think yeah. it's, like, it's like four pages. Um, it was kind of a nice one to come back to, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really boring, so I kept walking <laughs> away from it. So it's good that it was short. Um, this is chapter 27. It's called The Final Hiding Place. Uh, we just busted out of Gringotts uh, on the back of the dragon. Um, and the dragon is going to fly where it will, and they don't really have any control over it, um, and so they're like, oh shit, oh shit. Um, and, but it just keeps flying for like a really long time, so much so that they like Harry gets a little bit bored while they're riding on the dragon, um, where he thinks about how Voldemort must know that they're hunting horcruxes since they very visibly just broke out of Gringotts. Um, the dragon finally slows to a stop, at like a, a beautiful mountainous lake. Um, and Harry, Ron, and Hermione jump into the lake as it kind of goes down to uh, get a drink of water. Uh, and they swim to shore. They sort of summarize their situation. They got the cup. Sadly, they lost the sword. Uh, but at least they can't wear the cup like they wore the locket, so they won't, won't get the bad vibes. Um, they kind of have a little laugh together because uh, they broke out of Gringotts, so it's kind of that, you know... The co- it's the common movie scene of doing something death-defying and then having a group laugh about it. Um, but then they're like, damn, Voldemort's definitely going to know we did that. So now we have sort of a, a ticking clock, I guess, is the effect, right? Because before, uh, it was they were pretty sure that he didn't know that they knew about the Horcruxes, but now he does, so he will take action um, Harry's like, damn, I wonder what Voldemort will do next, and I wonder what where the remaining Horcrux could possibly be, and immediately goes into a Voldemort vision, um, where Voldemort is uh, talking to a goblin who is reporting to him about the um, about the Gringotts break in, um, and tells Voldemort that uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione escaped uh, with a cup. Um, to which Voldemort like freaks out, very upset, starts shooting people in the room, just is like so pissed off and panicked. Uh, Lucius and Bellatrix are there, so they like scramble out of the room. Um, and he spends the rest of his time thinking really hard about um, how how like how could this be possible that Harry would know I have Horcruxes? Did stupid Dumbledore tell him? Um. I like he he talks about how he thought that he would know if they were destroyed, but apparently not. Um, and then he kind of lists in his head all the places the Horcrux were, like the shack, the lake, um, Hogwarts, uh, 
that his snake is a Horcrux, Nagini, um, and assigns himself a new quest where he is going to go out and check on all the spots his Horcruxes were to confirm that they are there and presumably take them or move them to safety or something. Um, and then we go back to Harry, who is waking up. Uh, Ron and Hermione are obviously noticing that he's having uh, a vision. And Harry says, we got to go to Hogwarts right now. Um, we have to get the Horcrux before Voldemort does. Um, Hermione kind of objects and is like, no, we need a plan. Uh, but Harry knows the clock is ticking and they just have to jump into action. That's the end of the chapter. Uh, I went to check headlines real mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have a Harry Potter headline for you. Uh-huh. But I do have a, a headline relevant for you. Okay. Casey Hudson left Bioware. Oh. <laughs> this, this is deep podcast lore stuff, but uh, uh-oh. Interesting. Huh. Sorry. Anyway, to get to more important issues at hand, this chapter uh, knocked me off my ass. Specifically mm-hmm. because it managed to make the experience of uh, riding a flying dragon boring. Yeah. <laughs> there's there is a specifically there is a bit in this that feels like a comedy routine mm-hmm. where it like it describes like the wind whipping through Harry's hair and the, the the power of the wings on this dragon and london london unfurls beneath them like a map which mm-hmm. is a great line and you're like wow that's cool wow cool and then it goes on for like two more pages and it's like well the dragon's still flying and i don't know when i don't know when it's going to stop and i just <laughs> there there is like this comedy routine playing in my head of like the tr- like the tri- like da 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 like just like tr- like triumphant music playing and then stopping and like restarting a whole bunch as they like <laughs> like it's like the scene continues on too long like it was really surreal reading this and going like how do you make them escaping by a dragon have the same sense of malaise as the camping scenes it the effect of reading it is like. JK Rowling didn't know where they were going to go or what was going to happen next. <laughs> so she was like stalling for time. And like, I know that yeah. that's not what happened because that's right. not what it's writing a book. a book is like. Yeah. I mean, you can just like stop writing and think about where they're going to go next. But it's <laughs> no. like she's, it's like she's improving and is like, uh, yeah. uh, like stalling for time. <laughs> no, you're right. It's like a shaggy dog story. It's like, like she's she comes up with this like amazing thing. She's like, okay, there's a fucking dragon underneath the bank. Uh-huh. And they they ride the dragon and it busts out of the the bank ceiling. And they're flying over London and they do a loop-de-loop around Big Ben and they fly through the London Eye. And uh uh they fly over the Thames. Okay, I'm running out of London stuff. Um <laughs> uh uh it's now it's flying over Shropshire. Uh, okay, now hold on. Uh, there's some sheep, uh, and they're still flying. Hold on, I'm thinking they're flying. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a lorry. They're flying past a lorry. Uh, trying to think of more English stuff. Like it's just so. It's so like anticlimactic because it's like so exciting up front, and then it's like, uh, okay, are they? Are they? Because like I have the same reaction the characters do, where it's like, when? Are, okay, is the dragon gonna land? What's going on here? 
Right. I mean, it, it. so they start out and Hermione is sobbing. Ron is like cursing. Because, I mean, it is like, I think that part is like sort of cool, right? They're on yeah. a dragon. The dragon is not like tame. Right. They are in the air. The dragon could kill them or like do a barrel roll or right. like, any number of things. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God. And then that wears off. And then Harry and Ron, like, have a conversation about it. Like, they're, like, flying on this dragon, and Harry's, like, thinking very calmly, like, I wonder if it will have to eat. I wonder if it knows we're here and will eat us. I wonder how long dragons can fly. Yeah, those are not questions that you want to have the characters asking. Those are (laughs) things that you just want to have be part of, like... If the dragon, like, stopped and then tried to eat them, that would be exciting. Yeah. Uh, If the dragon, I don't know, like, couldn't fly very far and started crashing, that would be exciting. Like, there's, like, there's, there's, a, there's all of those things could be spun into, like, cool moments. But just having the character, like, those are the questions that, th- those are, like, her note cards in the story right where it's like okay what can the, what can happen with the dragon uh is hungry tries to eat them falls out its wings are damaged and it crashed like they're those are like interesting story beats but she just like wrote them as questions in harry's mind and didn't didn't actually do any of them right like she's just like uh now the dragon's flying over a sainsbury's now the dragon is going over a uh, game now the dragon is uh uh, it's going down to Marks and Spencers, but it's still not landing. She's just like spinning <laughs> out this story about like all the English things that it's flying past. It's very weird. Like it's a I, novel, you don't have to stall for the time, right? Yeah, it's not improv. You're not doing stand up. You can't. Uh, you y- you can just stop. Uh, you can just uh, um, stop and know. think about what's going stop to happen next. Like me, like I, I'm, I'm talking. I could just stop and think about what I'm going to say next. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like the characterization is funny. Like that, that thing you mentioned of like Hermione's crying and, and Ron is yelling. Like that's kind of fun. Uh, yeah. I, I had this like read on it that I think it's not intended yeah. um, at all, but it's like a funny accidental characterization of Harry. Cause, like, like, it, like I said, it's a scary situation. Mm-hmm. This dragon is like a completely unpredictable wild animal. Mm-hmm. And Harry like is presumably like situated in the front, like sitting mm-hmm. forward on the dragon and like Ron and Hermione are behind him and he hears Hermione like panic sobbing, reasonable reaction. And here's Ron, I can't remember what it says, like swearing uncontrollably or something. Yeah. And Harry's like, I, w- I wonder if Ron is scared or if he thinks this this rules. <laughs> Which is yeah. such a, like, an insane thing. Like, no, he obviously doesn't think it rules. It's horrible. Yeah, I, I like I like that read a lot. Like Harry just being like, like he's his like Zen, his new Zen uh uh calmness is like manifesting in a really like crazy way of him just being like oh, oh maybe he likes it maybe he likes it my my gut reaction reading this was was less charitable where i was just like oh i feel like this is like oh ron ron is swearing because uh boy and maybe he does think it's cool and he's saying fuck yeah and hermione's crying because girl right and scared 
Yeah. Um, I like your read a lot better. <laughs> I guess it just seemed a little bit more reasonable to me to have Ron be doing the like cussing, freaking out routine, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's a lot. Yeah, Har- Harry just being like unnaturally calm and and like misinterpreting what Ron might be doing is very funny. Well, and we've also seen Harry be sort of unnaturally calm in like specifically flying situations, right? He did the right. like yeah, the fly around on Buckbeak. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, flew on a broom like first time he ever did it, even though he mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to. So to have him be sort of like obliviously like, "Huh, maybe Ron is enjoying himself," is this like is, a funny yeah. accidental. Yeah, I like the idea of him being of like, him. "Oh, this is fun. This is cool. We're on a dragon." What's this? 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 Honestly. This is a scene that makes me wish so much that Harry was not immediately bored with magic in this series. Because, mm-hmm. like, I love the idea of, like, Harry... There, there's kind of... There's almost, like, a version of Harry Potter as a whole, not just this book, where this scene could be almost like a, a, a thematic bookend, right? Where, imagine a story where, like, Harry goes to the Wizarding World, he discovers that magic is real... And he discovers that it's just as like bureaucratized as everything in the in the uh, the Muggle world, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's like kind of like disillusioned with magic as he grows up, and then he gets to ride a fucking dragon, like yeah, after having yeah. like after having like a big adventure in in the bank, right? And like I I I can just picture him being like, "This is the fucking coolest thing. Why are you guys scared? Like, what are right. you? Why are you guys? Why are you guys freaking out? This is awesome. I'm we're riding a dragon." Um, yeah, uh, I I think that 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 could have been very cute. Um, yeah, it's just weird how long this goes on. Uh, uh, then like the the actual landing maneuver they do, which is just jumping off of it when they're over a body of water. It's just I don't know. Like it's so it's such a strong start and such a weird end uh uh to something that could, uh, this could have been a page right like mm-hmm. they were riding a dragon it was freaky it landed they got off now there's a dragon loose like that's fun doesn't need to be they, this this bit where they're like oh okay when are we getting off this thing for four pages is really not necessary they go for a really long time like i think it i, I don't know when i think they went to gringotts in the morning right yeah yeah they go until sunset yeah, and I can't imagine they were actually in Gringotts for, like, that much time. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like a heist lasts longer than an hour. <laughs> oh, the Polyjuice doesn't. Not, yeah. So, I just, I feel like they were on this dragon for, like, eight hours. Yeah, wh- is this only because they needed to, like, J.K. Rowling needed them to get really far away like, is that the only reason that it, it plays out like this? I don't know why it plays out like this. <sighs> yeah. I guess maybe they're not in apparating range of anything useful. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, they, they jump off the dragon. It's it's kind of fun. The, uh, the, the fucking enhanced edition of the book, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest, if I was, like, a genuine, just, like, normal Harry Potter fan... Yeah. And I bought this thing as advertised as like, hey, this is the uh, the cool uh, um, special version of this book. And it's going to give you so many little tips and tricks along the way and mm-hmm. illustrations. I would be so pissed. There, <laughs> there have been like six illustrations total. Uh, two of them have been animated. 
and uh, uh, two links to Pottermore wiki stuff. Uh, that's it. The illustration for this scene where they're like jumping off the dragon, it kind of just looks like they're getting pooped out of the dragon. <laughs> it's like in silhouette and they're coming out of its ass is what it looks like. It's very, go- it's very, very goofy. You don't have to pay extra money to go on the Harry Potter wiki. No, we can, we have been there all uh, plenty of times for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't need to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not satisfied with this purchase, I will say, for multiple reasons, but chiefly, <laughs> uh, 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 boy howdy, this is not very enhanced. No, no, it doesn't sound like it. And I got that little portrait of Dumbledore that you didn't get. <gasps> oh, that's right. You got the haunted Dumbledore. Right. That's so fucked. You got I the know. Co- you got the coolest thing in the whole book. You got yeah. haunted Dumbledore picture. I just get Harry, Ron, and Hermione getting shitted out by a dragon. <laughs> So lame. Mm-hmm. I want my money back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they land. Um, they, have, they have a little sitcom laugh. Uh, it's cute, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I feel like I um, my the bar is subterranean for me. That like I appreciate <laughs> that after this like death defying stunt that they did that they have yeah. a laugh about it together instead of um more of the like Hermione you broke my wand routine like, yes that they, is true there is some camaraderie you're right though it does feel like the end of like a Star Trek episode it's very I, the, I it, here's the thing it's not um it's not that I dislike them having like a laugh at a, an inappropriate moment right it's the the joke that Ron told was really not much of a joke. <laughs> like it, like Ron, like they land, they swim to shore, and then uh uh, you know they're like, what should we do next? Should we you know should we stay? Should we move? And then Ron is like, I don't know if you notice or like I don't know about you guys, but I think they might have noticed that we escaped Gringotts. And it's just like <laughs> not really that funny. Like you could like it's it's not a joke really. Honestly, like when I read it, it didn't really come off as a joke. It came off as like Ron being really panicky like he often is, right? Like it, it like I I read that line and I thought it was something there to keep the momentum up, right? Mm, like mm-hmm. like in case you guys haven't noticed, we need to keep fucking moving, right? right. Like I didn't I didn't take it as a joke. Um, and so I was sort of caught off guard by like the, oh, okay, this was meant to be like a funny thing. It, it just, Ron, Ron and Harry are funny characters. They can tell jokes. Uh, not, that one's not up there for Ron, I don't think. Yeah, it's written like a joke that like Spock would say. Like, and then it's, and then it's <laughs> yeah. like a joke because it's like he pointed out the yeah. obvious, ha ha ha. And then, and then cut to credits. Right. I think, I think they may have noticed that we have escaped, Captain. Yeah. That that fits. That mm-hmm. fits. I don't know. I you know, this is um this is a wild tangent. But just thinking about Ron and telling jokes. Remember how this book started with him getting a pickup artist manual? Oh <laughs> yeah. What I happened sure to do. that? Uh, what happened to that? That's over. That's just that's just normal normal <laughs> teen boy stuff. You I, I wanna talk about this just because you mentioning that this is a novel, it's one chunk, and you don't have to like make stuff up as you go along. Mm-hmm. That feels like stuff, <laughs> that feels like in a TV show where it's like they understandably like drop a plot after a while because it's like unfeasible to like follow up on, right? 
that's why this feels like fan fiction. And I don't mean that in like a super mean way, but like yeah. that's what happens when you publish like one chapter at a time. This mm-hmm. book is fake. <laughs> I, yeah, everyone who thought this book was fake is redeemed. They mm-hmm. they're they I completely understand why they thought it was fake. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like like that is that is a plot line. That is something that you tease in like episode one of a season, right? And then as you write like 12 more episodes, you're like, you know, I don't think we have the time to get to Ron's Ron's pickup artist book. <laughs> but it's a novel. It's also your JK Rowling. You can take as much time as you like. They're not going to like uh, uh, throw you in jail for missing a deadline. Like, I don't think she even had a deadline. So like this idea that you can like have a dropped plot line in a, in a book is really funny to me. <laughs> Like, it also sort of reminds me of how like characters change across like seasons of a television show. Like this mm-hmm. happens a lot where they write a character early that maybe is like a one-off thing or is sort of a uh, like not main character, and so they write them like way meaner or like grosser to start, right, and then right. they become more of a main character. And, and have, have like soften a sympath- the edges a bit. Yeah, they like they have like a sympathetic change, and then when you go back and watch like the first season or whatever, you're like, "Wow, this is like not the same character at all." Angel. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Angel is the first thing that comes to mind for me I, for that. I was one. I was thinking of Rom from DS Nine. Oh yeah, no, that's a good one too. Yeah. Like his character just like changed completely. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like. Uh, um, it's it's I, it, like it has nothing to do with this scene, but like Ron telling a joke here just really reminded me of like, wait a second. He had like a thing, this book that has not come up again. I, I really just think it was supposed to be a funny joke about teen boys. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, I love Harry's incredibly convenient vision here which is kind of the rest of the chapter mm-hmm. um but this this bit where they all have their big sitcom laugh and like then they all sort of wonder aloud like damn i wonder what voldemort's up to <laughs> um i wonder i wonder what voldemort thinks of all this and like harry just immediately starts convulsing and and going into vision mode yeah he's had some convenient visions before uh-huh. But this one is like on command practically. It's really lucky this didn't happen on the dragon. Oh my god, yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> I mean Wait, it is just right. timing, right? Fuck. Like it is it just I, is Voldemort having a strong emotion. Yeah. How is that not what happened though? How is it has it? to be Harry's POV. Fuck. But like Oh my god, I'm just imagining, like, okay, he's riding the dragon, he's having a good time, and suddenly, oh no, not now, he's having a vision, and then he, like, blacks out, we get a Voldemort scene, maybe the chapter ends there, and we're like, oh shit, what happened to Harry, and then he, like, wakes up on, like, you know, he's all wet, and he's, like, on the on the banks of the river or whatever, and, like, Hermione and Ron are like, oh, thank god you're awake, you fell off that damn dragon, and we had to jump after you, luckily we were over a lake, or something I mean, that's like classic because we've had several scenes where the action is described to us afterward uh, <laughs> that we didn't get to see you could you could try to be a little tricky because harry has gone in and out of a vision before 
like has a vision yeah. but has to do what he whatever he's doing so he could be having a vision interspersed with him like grappling to stay on the dragon yeah and having like ron and hermione trying to help him and be going like back and forth between yeah. these two scenes yeah it's a way to keep this exciting the reason the reason I'm 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 partial to just having to like cutting out the the like flying with a vision is because it's this scene is just not exciting. They just fly no. for eight hours, and so you could easily just like bonk him on the head or whatever and say, "Oh, he's having a vision now," uh, and and then have him have them do like the Skyrim wake up, you were dreaming like uh, uh, thing afterwards. I don't know. You know what I was craving. Hmm. I was craving um, some corny dragon thanking them for saving him. Oh, yeah. Or like, it, like it, not with words, but like maybe it like lands and like nuzzles Harry or something. Right. Like yeah. something like that. Or it gives him or it's like it's either it's either you, you go two ways. You do like the cartoony like, oh, it sort of behaves like a dog when it lands and it like <laughs> nuzzles Harry or like wags its tail or something. Or uh you he gives harry like the warriors respect mm. and the dragon just like like he lands deposits them and then gives him like a nod oh like hell a, yeah like a cool samurai i like, just wanted to feel like a little mystical yeah a little perhaps magical in this magical <laughs> in this magical fantasy series yeah <laughs> actually that would have been another cute bookend too because um What's the first thing that Harry did that made him realize he was magical? He freed a snake who was stuck in the zoo. Yeah, snakes can speak language. I, I, I would love to see something from this dragon that isn't just like, this is a abused horse that just escaped. <laughs> it even has blinders on. It really is just a horse in this, isn't it? I know. Yeah, no, you're right. I, it would have been really cute if it like... Like, like there, there's, there's like the three levels of, 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 of doing this. There's the two, there's the two, you know, like the, the, he gives the warriors nod or he, he like nuzzles Harry like a dog and licks him or whatever. Those are cute. Uh, third one is just why it should just talk to them. She's like, oh, thank you for saving me. I am, I am That's the last of I my want. kind. Like, I want yeah. something just like completely out of left field any like any you're, anything you're begging to be surprised by this novel anything to make it feel like there could be some mysterious stuff in the world that we don't know about right and to have a yeah. dragon be like thank you harry potter and then like fly away <laughs> what no what if it said here's my fucking uh home run pitch for this <laughs> thanks amigo oh shit <laughs> it's like, damn, yes. is that the snake? Or does it know the snake? Ah, <laughs> oh, that would have been great. <laughs> well, because there's because there's the thing with grip hooks saying, like, oh, you're 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 a wild one, Harry Potter. You you respect elves and goblins. And then maybe the, the dragon could be like, oh, I've heard the snakes speak highly of you, my friend. Thank God, you. God, that for, would rule. You thank you for rescuing me. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> it should just be like the dragons from Spyro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saving me. Thank you for releasing me. Thank you for releasing me. <laughs> oh my god, that's what we've been dancing around this whole time without realizing is we just wanted to be the guys from Spyro. Fuck. <laughs> 
Spyro, thank you for releasing me. Thank you for releasing me. <laughs> That's what it should have been. Why wasn't it? That, God, J.K. Rowling <laughs> is a gamer, but not enough of a gamer if she hasn't played Spyro. Right. We get all these RPG <laughs> mechanics in this series. We get we get like shooter shooter mechanics, but there's no Spyro. No, uh-huh. she didn't. She didn't play Spyro. She doesn't know that when you free a dragon, it's supposed to fly in like a little loop de loop and say, like, "Thank you for saving me." <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I I at least I would have at least liked the dragon to do something magical characterful right because it is just like it's an abused beast um it would have been cute to have it just i don't know yeah but it's also like a magical creature and i want to know what that means yeah it means nothing it means that dragons are just like big dogs but not like in a cool way where they're like cute it just means that like (laughs) they're like street dogs they're just like oh these are like the things that you put in the background of your movie about victorian london to show that it's really scuzzy around here there's like a wild dog walking around. It's like, oh, the dragon's back. Let the a... old dragon speak. <sighs> I want to hear what so he has cool. to say. What if the dragon was Dumbledore? Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Just do something. What if? <laughs> or oh, fuck. What if the dragon is like an animagus who's been kept on un- kept under the the bank for like a hundred years? Sure. And he like turns back into a he. They're flying on him, and then he starts shrinking, and he turns back into a dude. And he's Father Christmas, and, and he has some gifts. F- yes, yes. <laughs> and he gives Harry a so he gives Harry the sword. He's like, I, I overrule Goblin Law. Actually, he gives he gives Harry I'm the Santa. sword. He gives uh, Hermione uh, an antidote to any poison in a little <laughs> bottle, and Ron gets a horn. <laughs> Ron gets Turkish delight. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Just something. And do anything. F- my plea. My plea to J.K. Rowling, looking directly at the camera right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is to, to be clear. This is a plea to uh, uh, 2007 J.K. Rowling, not 2020 <laughs> J.K. Rowling. My plea to 2020 J.K. Rowling. Uh, uh, 2027, 20, 2007 J.K. Rowling. Please uh, make the dragon fun. <laughs> the dragon should yeah. be fun. We could have some fun in this book. <laughs> we could have some fun. We the almost thing is it's not it's not gritty enough, right? It doesn't go hard in the other direction either. Mm-hmm. Right, it's 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 good at neither of these things. It's it's neither magical and fun and it's also not really rolling around in the dirt enough. Mhm. Uh uh it's it's not it like I, I I'm not getting that like sense of like grimy fun that i get out of like a i don't know like a vampire novel or like a good detective a gritty true crime novel right like it's not it's not reveling in like the the dirt in or anything it's just like not really going ham in either direction it's like this will be cool once it has special effects (laughs) yeah that is a lot of that is a lot of 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 this series, but maybe this book the most, mm-hmm. um, is uh, uh, just really not delivering on like the story stuff, but like really clearly reading like a pitch for a like movie scene, right? Um, which is 
not fun to read. It's not it's this is not meant to be a screenplay. Um, also, we know that she's not very good at writing those either. So, <laughs> Actually, honestly, that's the line you can trace between these books and those movies is that like the more that these books feel like a screenplay, the worse they get. Yeah, and I think one of the big criticisms of Crimes of Grindelwald is because it was written too much like a novel <laughs> and not mm-hmm. like a screenplay, which is just like she's got it all backwards. Yeah, she's going, she's flipping backways all the time. Uh, very confusing. However, I will say this: if there's anything really fun in this chapter, it is at least this Voldemort scene. Yeah. Um. There is not much redeeming about this book, but the way Voldemort is written in book seven, it's the best Voldemort ever is. Where was this Voldemort in the other books? <laughs> Where was this Voldemort in the previous books? Because he's so much more fun as a cartoon villain here, and he like behaves like an 80s action movie villain, where he's just like blasting his henchmen because he's pissed to show how evil he is, which is I very stupid, you. but it's so... It's cartoony in a way that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why she got so bogged down in like the middle books in trying to make it sort of political. And yeah. I don't mean that in a obviously it still would I mean like I like a very deliberate, like, I'm going to make this about politics now. Right. No, she tried to make it like a Jean Le Car novel. Like like about like wizard espionage and it just sucked. It like, didn't she's really not good work very well. Like it, no. I, I don't think it was convincing or very clear. Right. And I, and I just go back to like Voldemort trying to like, he's an evil sorcerer that is trying to get objects to live forever. And that's like <laughs> his main goal in this one. Yeah. Cause he kind of achieved his other weird politics goal. Right. Right. Yeah, he had that, that's all settled for him. Yeah, yeah. And so now he gets to do this, and it's way, way, way more fun. It's so much more fun. Like, this is, like, you know, uh, uh, actually killing them aside, this is more or less like Scar with the hyenas <laughs> in The Lion King in this scene, which is such, that's that's the perfect vibe for Voldemort. <laughs> and it's such a fun, like like, Voldemort in this book has done three major things he's like put his feet on on lucius malfoy's table and been like i'm i'm the king of the castle now that was fun yeah uh he had a flashback of walking through uh uh, godric's hollow on halloween and saying hmm perhaps i could murder a child as a treat and then he is like gotten so pissed at his henchmen that he just started blasting yeah all of these things are so much fun and so just like just like perfect perfect like one dimensional evil wizard stuff. Yeah. Which is all he needs to be. Um I don't think it's hard to like come up with reasons why other bad people would join him either. Right. Right. Like I don't think you have to make up all that stuff. Right. Like, they might just also be evil with him. <laughs> right. Yeah, they might want to. They might aspire to. We, like, You know, sir, one day I would love to stroll down a lane and see a child and go like, damn, I could blast that kid. <laughs> He's not really loomed over much of the story in this way before. Um, he's like, he was such a shadowy villain in five and six. 
Um, and you were, we never really knew what he was doing and we never really knew what he was, uh, thinking outside of like the convenient flashes Harry was having. Um, and they were never written in this particular way. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I just, I really, I really wish that, that he had always just been, uh, this, this sort of silly evil wizard. I mean, just really, it's not that much different from the dragon thing, right? Like I would just like it to be fun. I would like it to be whimsical sometimes. I mean, this sort of reminds me of like the promise of book one, Voldemort, right? Like yeah, he didn't have yeah. a body in book one, um, but he was absurd. Yeah, he had a fun monologue in the back of Quirrell's head, right? Like he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he he was a he was a wacky evil guy, and that's fun. That's totally fine for a villain in a children's book series to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun here. He's a lot of fun here with the caveat <laughs> that as soon as he kicks everyone out of the room, which, by the way, the thing of uh, uh, him like blasting at random people and like Lucius and Bellatrix putting people behind them on the way out. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. Also very funny. Um, but like this, this scene afterwards where he thinks about the Horcruxes, mm-hmm. I still do not believe for a second that this is like a reasonable thing for us to accept (laughs) that he is just now paranoid about the horcruxes like that is his entire that is the entire reason he still exists he kills people i mean like we literally just saw him kill kill someone for delivering bad news to him i do not believe for a second that he would not be checking those things every day because also he he can fucking teleport. There's no, there is no way that him checking on all of his uh, 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 Horcruxes daily or weekly or whatever is an inconvenience to him. He doesn't trust anyone else to do it. He would do it himself. Uh, none of it, none of it makes sense, right? Because it's like, this is the worst thing that could have happened, but he doesn't check on them. But also he just kind of gives them willy nilly to random people without telling, <laughs> telling them what they are and saying, keep this safe or I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> also, there, there is a line in this, like, like, you know, uh, internal monologue where he's like, damn, I was stupid to trust Bellatrix and Lucius with these. Like, yeah, man, you were. Yeah, why did you? That's insane to me. Why why you did that, actually? It's like he didn't even think about it until this moment. This could be a possibility. Yeah. He he even says that. Yeah, like, as much as I love the scene of him, like, going, 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 like, real mad on everyone, it's still very silly to me that, like, we are now in, like, the back quarter of this book, right? (laughs) And... The villain has only just realized that he needs to be an antagonist to the protagonist. Yeah. Like, he has just been fucking around in Malfoy Manor this whole time. Harry has been going on this quest with no... Like, one of the biggest complaints we've had, and I think one of the biggest complaints everyone has about this book, even fans, is that, like, the middle section has no momentum. Mm -hmm. Because there's no real like there's no ticking clock there's no there's nothing like forcing harry forward they have no idea what they're doing and they're just stuck in this loop of like well we can't find any horcruxes we don't know what the deathly hallows are 
Uh, we don't know where anything is. Dumbledore isn't around to help us. What do we do? Which is like, I think you can do, I think you get to do that for one chapter. Uh, maybe two. And then you've got to have Voldemort and his cronies start chasing them. Yeah. Because the idea that Voldemort is not paranoid about the Horcruxes and has not figured out that Harry is looking for them and has not even guessed that he's looking for them or even unrelated like is going to kill Harry Potter, which he sort of did in Godric's Hollow, but that was for a in a like really convoluted plan where he was like, okay, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have Nagini pretend to be Batilda Bagshot because Harry is going to. Which actually, the more I think about that, how <laughs> how the fuck did he come up with the Batilda Bagshot plan? And not put together that that's why Harry wanted to talk to her. Why did Harry want to talk to her? He wanted to ask her about Dumbledore. He wanted to, he thought that maybe Dumbledore left the sword with her. Why yeah. does Voldemort think that Harry wants the sword? Wait, but Voldemort did know because he had Bellatrix hide the sword because it could destroy Horcruxes, right? Yeah. So how... How did he, hold on? Wait a fucking second. Why how did the Bathilda thing even happen then? If Voldemort doesn't know what Harry's doing, how did he set up the Bathilda stuff? <laughs> what? Wait. This is gonna really bother me now. Wait, I, no, I think it was unrelated. No, it couldn't be because why would he just have Nagini hanging out? What in Nagini? Bethilda's why don't you body? go and pretend to be Bethilda Bagshot indefinitely, just in case? <laughs> what? Hang on. Yeah. What the fuck? I didn't even put this together. Okay. So let me walk back through this in my mind. Harry is being tempted by the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Uh, Voldemort also wants the Deathly Hallows. Right. Does Voldemort know Harry has an invisibility cloak? No, no. I don't believe he does. Um, he somehow... Everybody else does, though. <laughs> right. He's some... Oh, also Draco did not... Maybe, like, Draco had the invisibility cloak but gave it back to Harry rather than telling his big bad boss that uh his uh his his rival has one uh-huh okay so it's not because of the invisibility cloak i don't think he knows harry might eventually go back to godric's hollow to visit his parents graves maybe but then why would bethilda need to be there in he there went, is no version they of went this. To Godric's there Hollow is to get no the sword. version of this where <laughs> Voldemort doesn't know that Harry needs to talk to Bethilda because of something related to the the Hallows or the he doesn't Harry even say to fake Bethilda like Do you have the sword or yeah, something I think like so? And then and then Bethilda Nagini is like, come upstairs. Yeah, come upstairs. Come alone. Yeah, send the. But then Voldemort goes there and also just happens to see a photo of Grindelwald that he was hoping to see, unrelated, that Bathilda has. How does 
does Voldemort not know that they're doing a Horcrux mission? Um, <laughs> it seems it seems like absent all of that, like all the actions that Harry is taking, being obviously related to that, it seems like it would still be the first thing he would think of, right? Because yeah. that's the other thing. Voldemort does know that Harry has has been given a mission by Dumbledore because the minister came to Harry to give the objects and is like, what quest do you have from Dumbledore? And isn't Voldemort in charge of the ministry? Yeah, he's like the shadow ministry leader right now. Yeah. Sometime after her interview with Rita Skeeter, Bethilda was murdered during the height of the Second Wizarding War. Her body was animated by Lord Voldemort. It is possibly that Bethilda, possible that Bethilda's body could technically be considered an inferior. Voldemort did this using his snake Nagini. He left Nagini in her cottage as a trap. Reasoning that Harry Potter may visit Godric's Hollow to see his parents' grave in their destroyed home since she was no longer at Hogwarts and had never before had the opportunity to visit Godric's Hollow, that is so fucking flimsy. So Voldemort was like, maybe Harry will get sentimental? That is so... That is bullshit. (laughs) That is so fucking flimsy. Are you kidding me? Voldemort left... Nagini. His Horcrux. His Horcrux, who he knows is a Horcrux, in Godric's Hollow on the off chance that Harry Potter might go there. There's no planet where that is an acceptable explanation for that. (laughs) That is so fucking stupid. Oh my god, I never thought about this cuz it cuz in 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 your head when you're reading this that chapter, which is a great chapter, Resident Evil chapter, really good. Uh there's like the the entire sense of dread revolves around Harry stumbling into this trap. But if Voldemort is setting the the trap for like a completely entirely different reason, <laughs> and like a way dumber reason than than I need to stop Harry from finding the sword. I'm be- I am truly blown away by this. I had not considered this until just now. I don't- why? How did he not figure it out? How did he not know? How is that not his mission throughout this book? To like yes. I am positive that Harry Potter, who is missing and is is on a secret mission, probably because he is the only person who can defeat me, as foretold by prophecy. <laughs> the thing as that for- he's been worried about this entire time. The thing that he has been worried about this entire time, the prophesized child undoing my dark curse. And he's like, I don't know, maybe he'll get fucking, like, weepy and want to go to Godric's Hollow. I will send one of my Horcruxes there. I I just think that if Voldemort was, like, theorizing what could Harry Potter be up to, he literally literally (laughs) has 
was one weak point. Like, if Harry was up to literally anything else, he wouldn't have to worry about it. I just, I can't buy into this, like, <laughs> this character archetype that isn't interested or thinking about protecting his phylacteries. Yeah. And like, like isn't we, that what they do? Like, isn't that what liches do? Right. It's yeah. Like they do whatever the fuck they want, except the one thing that they think about and obsess over is their phylactery. Cause that is their weak point. Right. How is he not like, like in this, there is a really funny bit in this, in this scene where he like lists all the ones that he can remember. And he's like, <laughs> okay, well, the cave, mm, probably ha Harry hasn't done anything in the cave, I bet. Oh, except Dumbledore knows my middle name. I Question mean, mark? That, that stuff is, is crazy because he's like, no, it's impossible that someone could know where I put them. Oh, well, I guess my greatest enemy did go to the <laughs> orphanage one time. <laughs> oh, I guess he does know my real name so he could find out who my parents are. And then like the other, and then the other thing about that is he's like, no one could know I made horcruxes. And I'm like, dude, you went around when you were 16 and like asked all your teachers. You asked like three professors about it. Who are still alive, by the way. The book was apparently in Hogwarts, too. It was in the restricted section. He just went and got it. Slughorn is alive. <laughs> he, like, taught at Hogwarts the year before. And he, and Voldemort knows that, because why wouldn't he? Jesus fucking Christ. That's, that's bad. Where is Slughorn now? I think he's just in hiding. I think he's, I think he's, like... Why did not... he leave the school? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe he's still there. I, I'm pretty sure he left. Hold on. I'm on the wiki right now because I was looking at the Bethilda stuff. Slughorn. What does he do? Deathly Hallows. Slughorn. Uh, later that year, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the school year, Dumbledore was killed by several snakes. Slughorn was deeply shaken by this. Commenting that he thought he knew Snape. He also expressed his concerns that parents wouldn't allow their children to return to Hogwarts. Oh, he resumed his position as head of Slytherin. Okay, so he's still at school. Slughorn stayed at Hogwarts under the tenure of Snape as headmaster, and like the rest of the teachers, attempted to protect the students from Snape and the Caros. He finally found out why Voldemort had wanted to recruit him. Okay, okay, blah, okay. Blah, blah. so let me get this straight. Yeah. Voldemort thinks that it is impossible that anybody could know about his Horcruxes, except the literal teacher that told him what Horcruxes were when he was 16 <laughs> is still at the school that is under his control. <laughs> am, I, am I hearing that right? Oh my God. This is the biggest fucking plot hole. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be CinemaSins and use the, the plot hole term, but this is a big plot hole. How does Vol Voldemort not caring about his his Horcruxes and not actually covering his tracks uh, is is big? It's not even like a th it's not even like a matter of hubris, right? Because it's like. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I'm actually bowled over by this. I did. I not until just now <laughs> considered the Bethilda stuff. And, and how badly it reflects on this plot line. But, like, Voldemort can teleport. 
And I know that we just learned in this book that you can, I guess there's a range. I have no idea what the range is. Uh, 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 but, but I mean, Dumbledore was able to teleport to the cave. So I'm, I'm assuming that Voldemort can, um, it would take maybe 15 minutes out of his day to check on all of his Horcruxes. Mm-hmm. He would, you zoop to the cave, you zoop to the, um, the sword. You, I mean, I guess Gringotts you can't apparate into. So I guess you kind of have to rely on the bank's word for that one. Uh, you could go and check the ring, which by the way, he, we never saw anyone take the ring harry didn't have to go and get that right dumbledore has had that and that's why his hand was all fucked up in book six Mm -hmm. so dumbledore has had the ring for at least a year probably longer Mm -hmm. voldemort has not visited his horcruxes in a year at least he also uh, uh uh regulus went to all the trouble of making a fake locket with a, <laughs> with a message that Dumbledore or Voldemort will never see because Even Harry... Regulus assumed that he would check on his Horcruxes. <laughs> Regulus put the fucking locket in there under the assumption that Voldemort <laughs> would come and check it out and get owned. And that yeah. never happened. Regulus wrote a mean note. Surely this lich will return to his phylactery and find this mean <laughs> note I wrote him. He'll never see it because Harry made Dumbledore drink the juice and took it. So Voldemort's really not been keeping up on his uh, phylactery watch here, I guess. No, it's like he didn't even consider it a possibility. Never even considered it, despite the fact that he hid them. He's paranoid enough to hide them. But he was too lazy to check up on them. Also, we know that alarm spells exist because they are in this book. He didn't think about his one weak point. <laughs> I it, There is like one line in here that seems to try to reason through this, which is that Voldemort was under the assumption that he would feel it if one of them was destroyed. Apparently he doesn't. So it's just like a pure oversight on his part. That's a really boring thing to have your villains like undoing hinge on. Is just like, oh, well, he thought he thought that like he would he assumed he just assumed, you know, he would find out. But because right, it's not characterful. It's not like hubris or like ego. Yeah. It's like a tech. It's like got him on a technicality. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, because Voldemort's not really been undone by hubris before. Like, he, 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 I guess maybe you could count him killing, trying to kill Harry as hubris, but I also don't think it's, like, very hubristic to, like, assume you can kill a baby, you know? I think (laughs) that's not exactly a David and Goliath situation. Yeah, he just knows that he can, right? Like, I mean, he's, like the most powerful murder guy around. Right. It's not a, it's not a big stretch. I don't think to imagine that. Yeah. I could probably shoot a child. Um, I, yeah, I just, I don't see him. He was Voldemort's reputation for being paranoid was so strong that Bellatrix saw the sword and freaked the fuck out. Yeah. And was like, nobody tell Voldemort. Until we get to the bottom of this. And and here he is a day 
later in real time uh being like well i don't know what about my horcruxes i haven't thought about those in a while like (laughs) what what the fuck well but he also deliberately had her hide the sword and i assumed it was because it could destroy the horcruxes right yeah yeah i think there's an explicit line in here where he's like yeah though you can't uh like i explicitly don't want like that's how he figures out that harry is after the um the fucking stuff right no he finds out he's after the stuff because the goblin says he just took one golden uh, one small golden golden cup. cup yes okay yes yes you're right you're right um yeah, but the sword is imp- is is important for that as well. I god damn. God damn. <laughs> Incredible I, stuff. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, wow. The Voldemort I I I went into this segment going like, you know what? I'm going to at least praise Give credit where credit is due. I like Voldemort as a villain here. And yeah, then he's hilarious. Every, everything came crashing down the minute I thought about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And that's I think, it. I think what really gets me, you know, if it was like stupid and Voldemort just like had an oversight in a way to make the plot work, mm-hmm. I'd be okay. I, mm-hmm. I, I can deal with that. Yeah. I deal with it in a lot of stuff that's really good. Like, the villain has to make a mistake, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no mystery. I, I think that what really kills me is that they don't know where to go next, and so they had a vision of Voldemort saying where to go next. There's no clues. Right. There's no constructed, like, narrative puzzle here. It is just literally voldemort exposition yeah yeah there's no there's no reason for this other than moving the plot forward and there's nothing wrong i mean like god knows this book needs to have the plot move forward at some point um but it is disappointing for the uh the big thing that like makes the villain spring into action is him going like oh damn i should have thought about my weak point right uh because I am just now learning that the main character knows what it is. That's a bummer. That's not exciting. That's not particularly characterful. I mean, like, I just Voldemort is, I think, characterized primarily by his paranoia. And I think that it is such a bizarre thing to ask the audience to accept that he would not obsessively check on his Horcruxes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he is he's paranoid. He's obsessive. He wants to never die. And he's, all- he has figured that out, right? The funniest line in this whole thing is when there's the bit you mentioned where he says, like, oh, I assumed that I would feel something if one got destroyed. And then it even doubles back to go, well, I didn't feel anything when the book was destroyed, but I assumed that that was because I was a ghost when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I love that technicality. Uh, that's... That's a hell of an assumption to make for your live forever trinkets. That feels... That's a classic, like, damn, that sounds like you're trying to convince yourself. <laughs> 
Right, but it, it really is like he was like, I was worried about it, and then I wasn't anymore. And I just mm-hmm. don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah, he is a paranoid super wizard. He should be thinking about his 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 precious treasures. Imagine if Gollum or Sauron <laughs> spent the entirety of the Lord of the Rings movies just like not really giving a shit about the ring. Like Vol- Sauron sees Frodo walking up the volcano and goes, "Wait, wait, whoa, what whoa, could he whoa. Be doing? Wait a second. Hold on. He you knows have the about ring? This? <laughs> he knows about my weakness? Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Quick, everybody, start chasing that hobbit. <laughs> That's so boring. How does this random <laughs> hobbit know about know about the ring? Oh, I guess he's related to Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I thought I covered my tracks. Well, Bilbo is still God damn it. <laughs> Didn't even think of it. Didn't think about that. I was worried about it, and then I thought I stopped thinking about <laughs> Look, it. Look, I was busy. I was busy being a spirit <laughs> in this tower. <laughs> I thought the problem would just go away <laughs> if I didn't think about it. It's just a, It's just one <laughs> ring. Who could possibly find it? I mean, that's like a needle in a haystack. You can't blame me for not keeping track of it. It's a ring. I thought the whole point was that it would be hard to find. <laughs> You're telling me he got the ring? Fuck. <laughs> Is there any reason that Voldemort couldn't make more Horcruxes? I know he's like obsessed with the number seven or whatever because it's magical, but mm-hmm. even that Slughorn was like, no way, you can't do that. And he was like, I'm going to. But now some of his Horcruxes have been destroyed, so I'm surprised he's not like, okay, well, I will make three more. <laughs> he's like a Starcraft player, like his, his forward base gets destroyed, and he's like, well, I'm going to build a second forward base. Fuck you. I'm going to float my uh, command center over to the little island. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, that would also be way more interesting. Yeah, if he just started. I mean, like, he literally just killed, like, three more people. Right. That would actually be, like, can you imagine a version of this story where, like, Harry doesn't even have to do anything to defeat Voldemort. He just, like, keeps on obsessively splitting his soul until he's, like, just not even there anymore. That'd be kind of interesting. That'd be cool. Like Voldemort just like eventually wisps away because he's like, okay, I've got like this is gonna be Horcrux number one hundred, and then what he if, just like, what if Harry like had to like find all the Horcruxes or whatever, and then he shows up to to like fight Voldemort. And it's the final show showdown. Uh oh, Voldemort's two inches tall now. He split, <laughs> he split. He split off so many pieces of his soul, and he shrunk down. Uh, he's a little worm. <laughs> Voldemort's killed so many people. I guess I guess this is it's probably because whatever you have to do to make a horcrux is so fucked up we can't show it. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, her editor threw up when yeah. she read when she read what JK Rowling had cooked up yeah, for, I bet. for the horcrux ritual. I would I still I've said this a hundred times now. I would love, love to find out what is the grossest thing JK Rowling could think of. Yeah, because, I mean, as we've established that, like, she she sure likes, like, baby murder to be, like, a, a staple of her, like, villain flags. Uh-huh. I'm very curious what the, like, the most fucked up thing she could think of. Like, lay it on me, lady. Let's hear yeah. it. I, I still, I will never get tired of re- Because there, there was another one of these threads recently 
where someone was asking like, oh, I, 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 does anyone know what it is? And all the responses were like, I bet he jerks off. <laughs> I bet he's jacking it when he kills a guy. And that's what it's made out of. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> he, yeah, they he gotta go Harry, to Hogwarts. He gives Harry the exact information they need, and they're like, okay, we're gonna go to Hogwarts then. I can think of approximately one million ways that they could come across this information and decide to go to Hogwarts that is more interesting than this, like, very convenient vision. It's especially silly when... um it was not two chapters ago that Harry made the dramatic choice not to go to Hogwarts to, to stop Voldemort. <laughs> like this, this entire sequence becomes a lot less dramatic when one, you can re you remember that the characters can all teleport. And two, um, Voldemort was just at Hogwarts to crack open the, the, uh, the crypt. Like, that was like the dramatic ending of two chapters ago. So him going to Hogwarts is not that big a deal. And Harry could have gone to Hogwarts and decided not to. So again, not that big a deal for him. So it's kind of not a big deal for either of these characters. I, I, I've, I've got it. And I'm mm. not saying this is good. I'm saying that it is something. <laughs> yeah. Because it made such a big deal of Harry making his choice and saying, I will not go and crack open the crypt and get mm -hmm. the Elder Wand. Mm -hmm. Dumbledore doesn't want me to. This is like my leap of faith, right? Yeah. So he has the same vision of Voldemort going and doing that, but in the vision, he also has Voldemort checking on his Horcrux with Snape. And Harry's like, this is the payoff. This is like what oh. I get, right? Like, like I was right to turn away from the Elder Wand because mm -hmm. now I got this clue. Yeah, yeah. And that's if something. I, and if I had gone to get the Elder Wand, I wouldn't have gotten this thing. I'm yeah. not saying it's good, but it is a payoff of a yeah. sort. That's some no, it's something. It's something that ties characters together, which is what this book is really lacking, right? Like, I mean, that whole discussion about like how how did the Bethilda thing happen? It all it all falls apart as soon as you try and think about like what connections do all these characters even have with each other. And the mm -hmm. answer is like, well, Harry and Voldemort have a very convenient psychic one way connection that moves the plot forward. But it doesn't like do anything for either of the characters. So if you bring in Snape, you at least get like a character that Harry can actually have like a back and forth with. Right. Like that's something. Yeah, I think it also could have been cool if like Snape figured it out and tried to like communicate to them that they have to come to Hogwarts or maybe Harry, Ron and Hermione are communicating with like Neville and Ginny and Dumbledore's army. I just want characters to interact and yeah. have like it matter at all. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yes. Having some sort of like parallel story that we're hearing about from Neville and Luna uh, and Ginny or whatever, that'd be great. Yeah, just 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 anything, please, to like to like create some sort of like connection between these characters that can 
drive the plot forward in a more natural way than Harry saying, I wonder what Voldemort thinks falling on his face and like Gary's mod ragdolling around while he, <laughs> he uh, hears exactly what Voldemort's thinking. <laughs> like, it's Yeah. Just... <laughs> I mean, Voldemort just lists all the locations of the horcruxes. Yeah. yeah. It's so convenient. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of convenience in, in a story, but like, you've got to, you got to like paint it a little bit, you know, you got to like, Add, add a little bit of flourish add some pizzazz and this 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 aside from the very very fun intro where he where he shoots all of his his goons because he's pissed <laughs> very little pizzazz here i mean i like his vibe yeah st- like the stuff that yes. he's thinking and saying is very like bad for the plot but his <laughs> like the mood is is good he is really fun like voldemort mm-hmm. is being fun here in a way that he never has before i i will give credit to this book for that at least Voldemort is like entertaining to read as a character I mean the the real like downside though mm-hmm. and the way that this book is paced so poorly and obviously mm-hmm. this like really horrible middle chunk where like there's no momentum whatsoever yeah I get to this and have and like aside from Voldemort being like weirdly obtuse and his character not making a whole lot of sense with the Horcruxes my my gut feeling as a reader is like, oh, now Voldemort knows that Harry's get knows about the Horcruxes, so the book can start. There's ten chapters <laughs> There's ten left. Ten chapters left. <laughs> we are finishing Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows uh, mid February. Like, yeah. there's not that much time left for this plot to kick in. When did we start it? Uh, Jesus, that would have been, uh, April, maybe? Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, maybe, maybe a little later than that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, we're, we're finished. We're, we are done with Deathly Hallows, uh, the book at least in, 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 in middle of February. She Uh, forgot to put characters we know and like in the book. She forgot, yeah, she forgot to put characters in it, she forgot to put a plot in it until just now, she forgot to uh, uh, make it about anything other than the religious allegory that was introduced in this book. Uh, I think, you know what? It doesn't work that well, either. <laughs> no, it does not. I th- I think, I think, I'm just gonna say this, it's been, it's been ten, longer than ten, it's been like thirteen years since this book came out. I could have waited. You could have done a do-over on this, you know? Like, <laughs> this, this, this is not, I, it is, it is baffling to read this and get to this point in this book and, and, and realize, like you say, like, the plot is kicking in, ten chapters to go. Um, like, there are definitely things, uh, uh, that I have, have watched or read or followed along with in some other way where, like, the ending has a deadline, right? Mm-hmm. And that the, by at some point, that train is coming into the station, and by God, the story has got to end. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, but like I watched that big Lost review, right? Mm-hmm. And like that that review does a really good job of like enumerating all the ways that that story like fell apart and became a disaster in that reviewer's opinion. Um. But there is something I am like at the very least empathetic about from like the creator's perspective which is like 
you can't not air a season of TV, right? Like you can't, yeah. you, you are, you are a, a beholden to, no, you are doing one season a year. Uh, and, and the show is going to end on this date. And so it's pretty understandable how you get something where things feel rushed or, uh, uh, poorly thought, thought out or, um, you know, not the best they could be because it's like, well, at the end of the day, this had to be made now. Or like, uh, we- like weird filler too. Yeah, right. The, the opposite perspective is that like you, you have to come up with something to fill this time that you have uh, uh, in your on your hands, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a novel written by one person, and it's not even a novel just written by one person. It was a novel written by J.K. Rowling as a, the finale to Harry potter like the biggest (laughs) cultural phenomenon of the time and she had already taken a like three four year break between books like that had happened already where that was not un unprecedented and like maybe maybe she was happy with this thing but i just don't buy it honestly like i because even if we accept the the goal of this book was to be a religious allegory and that's what she wanted it to be and and, and in in her heart of hearts she was like at the end of the day i want people to read harry potter and come away from the seventh book and going like damn what a what an interesting religious allegory <laughs> like if i accept that as true i can't <laughs> accept that this was the best she could have done you know what i mean mhm like yeah. it doesn't it's not that it, it's not even that it's like oh this is not the book i wanted but it's clearly finished and like this is what she wanted to write like it just feels like it's not even really uh uh beyond like first draft sometimes like it's very it feels like something that was written under a deadline that didn't exist right uh, and, and under I, pr- I think that like a lot of that is that it, for me anyway, it feels so passionless and with such a lack of curiosity about the about the topics that she's writing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I don't buy that this is the religious allegory that she would want to write because it seems so uninterested in doing anything other than being referential. Right, yeah. She doesn't seem interested in the topic. And it's a little preachy in that way, since it is just sort of going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the characters will say like, oh, I wonder if Dumbledore is watching over us, right? It's like very perfunctory as, a, as an allegory. Um, it doesn't have any of the, uh, the flair that you would expect from like a passionate religious piece of art, right? It, it, yeah. Or it's, someone who is, like, actually interested in, in what they're exploring through yeah. writing it. Yeah, I mean, like, like the, I, the, the, the thing that connects the two is that, like, obviously, um, and, 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 like, when, I think when these books are at their best and being serious, they're about, like, accepting loss and death, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very interesting theme. Uh, and and that is a very fertile ground for religious allegory. And that is why I feel like this book is so disappointing, because it can't even that is, that is a 
like that is teeing you up for like a, a <laughs> an incredible hole in one right like i've i've written the story about ghosts and magic and and paintings that come to life and talk but i want to tell a story about how you still got to let people go when they go and I, like you, that story practically writes itself when you hear that sentence, <laughs> right? Like you, like I get it. I see, I see the path laid out in front of me there. I'm like, yes, it sounds like a great story, but it feels like it just can't even commit itself to being about that, and that's a shame. <laughs> I, I, I don't know really, really other other way to put it. Where it's like I, I, she had the luxury of being the most famous author in the world at this point could have taken as much time as she liked and and you know hell maybe maybe she didn't want it to be like the next game of thrones or or, or you know like everyone's waiting for like the last ice and fire novels to come out and they probably won't or whatever but like i think i would rather have the author take a really fucking long time to make the thing right uh than to just get this crapped out you know do you think we would have gotten a seventh movie um that was different than the book like game of thrones style oh that's a, you know what i said i said all that stuff about the deadline and i did not consider the movies mm. huh i wonder if that, that is was a ticking, it because that is a ticking clock on this on this series huh right it's because we've got hey daniel radcliffe he's turning i mean i think they already pushed it out to the point where he was like 20 or something when they filmed it right i like, mean it, i sort of wonder if this was like this was her her bargain right like because i don't think she would have signed i don't think that she would have been under a deadline and i don't think she would have signed that contract although i could be wrong but i wonder if they if wb was contracted for those movies and they're mm-hmm. like gonna make it whether yeah whether there's a book or not yeah, they yeah. are going to make a seventh harry potter movie um and it and that was like i oh shit i have to write this if it's going <laughs> yeah. to be my story because because that's the other thing about this book is that it feels so um like ham-fisted uh in the way that she was very preoccupied with the reader taking away exactly what she wanted them to take away from the Harry mm-hmm. Potter series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No trust in the reader. Like with per- the poems at the beginning uh-huh. and just like, this is what you need to read into this. Do Please do not do any interpretation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I, I, I completely miscounted the films there. So they're kind of, there was like, it wasn't a deadline, but there was sort of maybe an implicit ticking clock here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she wanted to make sure that she was in control up until the end. I mean, and I say all this, like, and like, I, I, you know, I've talked about this before, but like, I am very conscious. I, I realize that like, it would be very possible for like my hatred of who JK Rowling is as a person now coloring my, uh, like take on these books. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've been very conscious to try and avoid that. But I think I'm comfortable with with making these like criticisms of like this doesn't feel like it's finished or like what you wanted to write. And I'm I I'm I'm really not saying that just to like be a cruel critic or whatever. I say that because no matter how awful a person she is now, I am very comfortable saying, you know what? throughout books one through six 
problems that they may have, I think J.K. Rowling was a good writer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm I am disappointed in this book, not only through the lens of being in 2020, looking back on something that used to mean some a lot to me as a teenager. I'm looking back at this and going, I've read the past six books leading up to this, and this does not measure up to the books she wrote. Yeah. Uh, for all of the problems the previous books had, I don't think any of them felt this quite quite like this. Uh, no, they, they... I don't think so. I, I think book five is the most like this. Mm-hmm. In that I feel like it had very little direction. Yeah. Kind of, and felt like a break from the formula yeah in a in sort of a bad way yeah but yeah this one is like again it's it reads like fan fiction it reads like a fake book yes yes i'm Uh, like she did not write this obviously there's like some some of her like signature stuff in here that makes it obvious that it's her but some of it is just kind of wild it's it's fan fiction of her own writing. Mm-hmm. It's going through the motions of I mean just just stuff like I mean like the the uh the 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 weird ways that Ron and Hermione are characterized like Hermione like book uh, uh Ron scaredy cat Snape stinky right like it's just it's just <laughs> all it's all stuff that just is so perfunctory uh and and unlike the way these things have been written before um and it's just wild to be 10 chapters to go and finally have like the villain realize oh right i'm the antagonist of this book i don't really know what harry's motivations are i i've sort of like lost touch with that he's Mm -hmm. obviously doing his zen messiah routine yeah but I, but I'm like, does he want revenge for his parents? Does he have like a sense of justice? Does he, like, like what, what's his deal? Does he feel a sense of obligation? Right. Do yeah. We know? I mean, we, we know what he wants, right? Like we know he wants to defeat Voldemort. Yeah. But it's not like it, it's it's really not clear how much of it is personal how much of it is uh uh what dumbledore put in his head right there's mm-hmm. that mo- the, the closest we've gotten to this is that moment where um dumbledore at the beginning of book six uh like pulls harry into like the the broom closet or whatever and in that very creepy scene where a spider crawls across his <laughs> face mm-hmm. asks harry uh, if basically asks Harry, like, if you were in a room with Voldemort and a and a gun with two bullets, who would you shoot? And Harry says, I would shoot Voldemort twice, right? Like, <laughs> like it's basically that. And like that scene, I think is the strongest comment we've gotten on Harry's like feelings and like true motivation, right? Which is he wants revenge. He does want revenge. Um, but that scene is also feels to me very creepy. And, like, very, very much, like, that's a bad motivation for Harry to have. I, I miss our zombie Dumbledore fan fiction we were writing on this show. Yeah, it was fucking sick, right? It was all yeah. there. It was all there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. No, he was just a good guy. Can I zoom back in for a second? Yes. I I feel like this chapter 
was more notable because the actual things that happen in it are so rote and like just have to be there to uh-huh. move the story forward that I think it is less notable because of what happens in it and and more notable because of what doesn't. And I'm specifically talking about it not coming up that Harry used the Imperious Curse like five times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? What the fuck is with that, huh? I, I was kind of expecting it, and I even skimmed it, because I was very curious, like, after we recorded the last time, I was mm-hmm. like, is there going to be an acknowledgement of that? And the answer is no, not at all. <laughs> Literally, yeah. the only thing we get yep. from Gringotts is them going, dang, we got the cup, but we don't have the sword. Uh... I good th- at least we don't have to wear this horcrux. Um haha, we broke out of Gringotts. That's it. Yeah. Oh, also Ron says like that fucker Griphook, he betrayed us. Oh, yeah, the part where he's like I can't believe Griphook would double cross us and I'm like, uh well, your plan was to double cross him. And no one's really come bringing that up. Also, either. he wasn't even double crossing them. He just took the sword that they gave him. They told no, him yeah, was he, the exchange. Yeah, no. Gr- Gr- Grip Hook actually was not double crossing anyone. He was uh, making sure that they did not go back on the deal that he knew that they were going to go back on. Yeah. He was just. He was just honestly just like affirming that he got the deal that was agreed to. Grip right. Hook did absolutely nothing bad here. Oh, but he died for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, this, this book is a fucking mess. I'm just saying nothing, nothing from Ron and Hermione and not even what, what I was sort of expecting was yeah, hey, would you, thinking would to you, himself. Would you go on a camping trip with someone who had like uh, mind control powers who who like did not have uh, clearly any remorse about using it to get people killed? Because I would I, probably just, I, I would get I, the fuck out of there personally. It just is. I can't believe there wasn't like Ron or Hermione being like, hey, that was really scary what you did. Or Harry <laughs> being like thinking that to himself and being like, wow. Did I cross I the better, line? I better rein it in a bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, Harry, like, Harry is a little off the rails here, and no one's saying anything about it. Like, he, like, there's, there. okay, so, like, there's the fact that he used the Imperious Curse, like, five times mm-hmm. uh, on, on an, 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 like, innocent goblin at the bank, and, and, like, I mean, like, it's, I guess the other guy was a Death Eater, but like, still kind of weird, right? Um, then he was like having a good time hollering on this dragon. Uh, that Hermione was like fucking losing her shit over flying. Like Harry is like, Harry's going level five, and no yeah. one is no one's saying anything to him. Like, hey man, like, are you good? Oh, on top of that. He proposed and executed on a plan to double cross someone. Mm-hmm. Like Harry is full renegade mode here. Yeah, and I mean it's sort of it's sort of book five Hermione. Like I think Harry's the Joker this time. Yes, yeah. Like just completely, which is fine, but it is uncanny when none of the other characters react. 
right. like, like they're hanging out with the Joker. They're hanging out with someone who just did mind control on people. Right. Which is not only like insanely like, I don't know, again, not I would not try. Don't trust like that. You know? Yeah. But also, also, he is like connected to Voldemort through his brain powers. Which I which also is apparently not a problem anymore. Yeah. Which no which is a surreal thing. I I think that that is the other like other than Voldemort not caring about his phylacteries feels wrong. It feels wrong to me that we had to read an entire book about how Harry needs to learn a lesson about not being misled by Voldemort's like mind visions. Mhm. But now they're just fine and objective. Yeah. And I know there was like one line about it where where it's like hand waved away, like Voldemort is scared of the connection now, so he won't use it. <laughs> right. That yeah. seems like quite an assumption. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I, both Harry and Voldemort, honestly, making some big assumptions for the convenience of the plot here. Mm hmm. What a mess. What a fucking mess, huh? Yeah. I'm excited to go to Dark Hogwarts, though. Dark Hogwarts is like the last, perhaps, saving grace of this book. It better be cool. There's got to be, I don't know, cool, dark lighting everywhere. There's got to be, maybe the meals are all fucked up. Mm. We're having the... the, We're having gruel for dinner. We got evil house elves, and they're making crappy food for dinner. (laughs) They they only make gruel. We've got... Uh, the ghosts are scarier and they're like bleeding and the paintings are all of we got a bunch of scary we got some Goya paintings in here that are really <laughs> fucking freaky uh, but it turns out Snape just did all that for fun that's, unre- <laughs> that's unrelated to the death they just stuff. yeah they just let Snape do the interior decorating and he's like okay I want some Goya paintings I want blackout curtains in all the rooms uh, <laughs> we are redoing all the upholstery to be black leather uh-huh. Uh the new uniforms include uh 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 big boots with a bunch of buckles on them. <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> anyway, I did not expect to go this long on this chapter cuz it was very short, but it really we kind of we kind of like unearthed some like important shit here that I did not think about before going <laughs> into the episode. <laughs> But if, unless there's anything else, I think it's probably time for us to take a break. What do you say? Sounds good. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, we are in December already december 2020 it's been a very uneventful year mm-hmm. it just flew it just flew by and we're sort in of. do you feel like <laughs> this do you feel like this year was fast or slow fast yeah for me yeah yeah very very fast yep um uh and uh uh we are in it's it's time to get a little bit into the christmas spirit unfortunately this time we did not get a beautiful Christmas album from the Wizarding World that does not appear to be on the cards this year. <laughs> well, there's still a few days. I mean, it's only December third. That's true. They could they could surprise us and what say, else do "Hey, they we have made to a, do? S- a sequel to that incredible 
Christmas album they made. I can't believe that got made. That Like looking back on it. Yeah. It feels a little surreal. Like I expect to look back and find that it doesn't actually exist. <laughs> it honestly it feels like something that fell out of like the the decade when Harry Potter was like most relevant, you know? Right, like is there a Marvel Christmas album? No, I don't. I mean, maybe. I don't think so, though. I, I'm just I think, trying to think of like another like major like entertainment franchise that's like, okay, here's a Christmas album. We got the actors to all sing different Christmas songs. Right. There's like a Star Wars. There's the, obviously the infamous Star Wars Christmas special. Sure, but that's from a, a bygone time. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me just see. I'm going to do a dark Google search. Is here. this Marvel? a British thing? Christmas album. Do British movies have Christmas albums? Uh oh, there was the there was the um there was the Spider-Man Christmas album recently. When and what Into does the, that what does that mean exactly? Okay, Into the Spider-Verse that the like the pretty the good Spider-Man cartoon movie that came out yeah. a couple years ago. I liked that movie. I don't see very many movies and I did get talked into seeing that and it was very cute. That was a cute movie. Um Christmas with Spidey. I don't know, a very a very Spidey Christmas. Let's look at this. How was it a real album or was this just a joke? Uh uh songs. Ah, see it's only 5 songs. What's the so, gi- what's the gimmick? Like did they have the is it the similar sort of thing where they had just had the different actor or the voice yes, actors as opposed just so, do songs? So, so it is it is just the actors singing songs. Uh Joy to the World by Shamik Moore, Deck the Halls by Jake Johnson, uh Night Before Christmas by Jorma Tacone. Uh, and Spidey Bells and Up on the Housetop, sung by Chris Pine. So it was... So let me now double-check, when did the Fantastic... When did the Wizarding World Christmas album come out? Wizarding World Christmas album, because I can't remember if that was 2018 or 2019. That was, was 2019. A magical yeah. time of year. That was, that, was Christmas, that was Christmas of last year. A magical time of year. And that had like 20 fucking songs on it. Yeah. So they must have seen, because I think that, because the Spider-Man one, I think kind of went viral, but I think it was mostly just because it was like, what a wacky idea to have like Spider-Man singing Christmas songs. Yeah. And like everybody loved that movie. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that, was, <laughs> that was the other benefit of that. Right. Was it, is it came out the same, like that album came out while that movie was in theaters. Like it was a pro- promotional thing. Right. And that whole, that whole movie was like such a like sort of viral event like everyone was like drawing their spider sonas and it was like a yeah. whole it was like a whole thing right yeah 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 so uh, they that must be where the i'd not considered this before but that must be where the wizarding world christmas thing came from because it's exact same concept it's 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 get the actors together to sing christmas songs uh that's so funny I I did not realize that I had not made that connection. Um, so nothing like that this year yet. Still time yet. However, there is there is something uh, uh, that they have published as part of their big Christmas blowout this year that uh, really had me baffled. Mm. 
Explore the filmmaking magic of Warner Bros. Studio Tour London with the special Lumos sweepstake. If you're over 18 and a resident in the UK or US, you could have the opportunity to win a VIP ticket to explore the sets of the Harry Potter films, meet Jason Isaacs, and enjoy <laughs> a slap-up feast in the Great Hall. Jason Isaacs is the one they got? Jason Isaacs is the one they got. I'm not trying to be mean. No, we love Jason Isaacs. Uh, also, <laughs> I'm thinking about entering, obviously. Um, uh-huh. I know you're about to tell me more, but I, I just like to throw <laughs> things at the wall. So you're, mm-hmm. you're like alone. So is it, just, is it just a date with Jason Isaacs? Yes, it is making it possible for one lucky sweepstakes winner. To oh, OK, there's there's OK, there's a in the next paragraph. Uh, you can also bring up to three friends to discover the magic of filmmaking. No, thank you. No, it'll be an unfree. No, it, you you are going for the solo one on one. One on one with Jason Isaacs. <laughs> that won't be awkward at all. <laughs> uh, it offers you the chance to win a prize trip with a difference. The winner and friends will also get to meet a familiar face, Jason Isaacs, who played infamous Slytherin Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter's film series. That's not all. In addition to the studio tour, the prize also includes a feast for you and your friends. Uh, I hope Jason Isaacs gets to eat, too. I hope he gets to eat during the feast. So I get to have a feast with Jason Isaacs, just the two of us? Just the two. A romantic what we, feast. <laughs> what are we going to talk Isaacs. about? Uh, <laughs> J.K. Rowling. <laughs> like, like, really? Like, Dobby. Really, I, I you know, talk about Dobby. Yeah. I guess so. I just always wonder about people that like win these things. Like, yeah. once, once you're like settled down to the feast with the, with the celeb you want to date with, yeah. Like, what do you talk about? Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> uh, travel. Like, so, how about this pandemic, huh? Yeah. Th- see, that is the part where I like really was blown away by this. I get. I mean, I guess they're limiting it, limiting it to like four people, but like. Getting you, you would have to travel to this. Travel and accommodation will be covered. <laughs> so pack your bags and get ready to step into Harry's magical world. Like, are they going to pay for two weeks of quarantine accommodations in a in a hotel if you're coming from overseas? And is Jason Isaac's going to quarantine too? <laughs> is Jason Isaac's? Gonna, are they making him? Does Jason Isaacs have to take a take and get a negative COVID test to do, do the do the event? Do you do you have to like? Are they making like the NBA bubble, but for like <laughs> celebs <laughs> sweepstakes? Well, I'll Trump? go. Well, this is a great thing for me to talk to him about because <laughs> I yeah, don't hey, know what dude, else we're gonna talk about. Hey, uh, I I had to fly international to get here. I uh, hope I didn't get COVID. How about you? How is the test? They stick it pretty far up your nose? (laughs) (laughs) Coughed on anyone lately? (laughs) Oh my god. You'll, you'll, uh, You'll walk along the cobblestones of Diagon Alley, check out iconic sets, cast your eyes over the costumes, and get a chat, get to chat with Jason. Is this all with Jason? See, I, see, that's what I want. I want this to be Jason Isaacs has to like give you the guided tour and like yeah right. y- you come across maybe maybe they even set it up so like maybe he doesn't do the whole thing but like you get to like I don't know the Slytherin costumes and there's like there is the Jason Isaacs 
like the big coat or the walking stick with the sword in it or whatever. And he like steps out from behind it and he's like, you know, that thing was a lot warmer than it looked or something. <laughs> Is he just Hi. wearing normal clothes? Like he's you just might... in jeans stepping oh, out? Oh, do you from... think, do you think he will be in costume for this? Um, well, I will be, so it's going to be awkward. He's not. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I'm very curious how the like logistics of this shake out. Do you think that if, if I wore a costume to this and just acted in character, do you think he would like respond by acting back at me? Oh god, that mm, that's so <laughs> horrible to think about. Just someone's there's a, I mean there's a high chance someone's going to do that, right? Like that's a non-zero chance with with winning a Harry Potter contest, I think. I think that's the play. Cause I have nothing to talk to Jason Isaacs about other than like, how's Tom Felton? Um, <laughs> do you, do you so ever visit him in the, in the <laughs> yeah. forest? So I might show up and just act in character and be like, wow, it's wonderful to be in the wizarding world. Don't you think Lucius? And see if he like <laughs> just responds in character. Would you like go as Bellatrix or like an OC? Oh, an OC. I would okay. I would buy all the black milk Harry Potter merch and I would show up I would show you'd up as the, my you have like OC. fucking the Slytherin like goth boots yeah, and the, yeah. <laughs> hello Jason fellow fellow wizard it's very boring for us to be here diagonally don't you think because it's normal for us wizards <laughs> it's very normal I've been here so many times before for my various shopping trips how about you. <laughs> I love that Jason, like, there's, you know, all all of the shit with this series going on aside, there is something very cute to me about Jason Isaacs being the one who's, like, most enthusiastic about, like, doing the fan engagement stuff for some reason. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, like that, that's, to be clear, not a knock against the guy. I think it's great when actors, like, uh, uh, like enjoy doing, like, the fan conventions and stuff and, and, and enjoy being the character actor. Uh, that everyone remembers but it's very funny that it's lucius malfoy because he was barely in any of the movies except two and five uh yeah he's it, looking haggard in book in movies six, movie six seven seven seven, seven part point one yeah he's, mm-hmm. he's just kind of got the the five o'clock shadow going uh yeah it's he's he's a a fairly minor character in the films but but i'm glad that he is he, I, I guess, enjoys uh, uh, revisiting that. I mean, uh, unless he's changed it recently, his Twitter picture is still like him and the the Dobby prop. Yeah, he posts a lot of pictures on like Instagram of him and the Dobby prop. Which a, I think a he fellow might just, Dobby fan. He might just have that. I think he might just own one of those, perhaps. Because he posts a lot of pictures with Dobby. That's so weird. Which I'd probably ask him about that. <laughs> it's like, hey, do you own the Dobby doll? Or What's you just with like that? visit it here? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Jason Isaacs is is honestly like a kindred spirit to Tom Felton, who played his fictional son, and he also lives in like the, the he lives in like the alley beside <laughs> beside the studio tour, and that's how they were able to get him. And he like he sneaks in and he has a feast at the Great Hall. And he goes and takes pictures with the Dobby prop <laughs> and they have to chase him out with a broom. Good for him. 
all of to Jason Isaac. So, how much is it to enter the sweepstakes? It is only $10. Do you have to be a member of the uh, Harry Potter fan club, formerly known as Wizarding World Gold? No, and actually I'm reading, of course, I forgot about this because it is a it is a sweepstakes that is running in the US. Uh no purchase is necessary. So if you're for your chance to win, uh you can enter for free at there and they provide a link. Um and I also, wanna you, enter and I would be so scared if I won. I wouldn't yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, I'm not are you kidding? I'm not flying to England in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> not even for Jason. <sighs> not yeah probably not gotta say probably not even for jason isaacs that is uh very weird I, there, there's not a single mention of covid in this well, to no. the point where i almost wonder if this was like sitting in the data if they like wrote this like a year ago and just kind of slapped it in there like okay this is going out uh uh in december and they didn't really think about it because there's not a single mention of like quarantine or taking a COVID test, or anything like that. It appears that Jason Isaacs just tweets the most, like, incomprehensible Donald Trump dunks. Oh, is he? Is is he uh, taking up the mantle of, of what J.K. Rowling's Twitter used to be like? Uh, yeah, but it just is like, I can't even comprehend what he's trying to say. <laughs> How, him. how eye-meltingly blatant must it be if hashtag Trump's legal fluffer-in-chief hashtag Bill Barr is being forced to investigate parentheses more of end parentheses his dark lord's corruption. Could the grotesque carnival of his eviction have an early Christmas present added to the mix? I'll be such a good boy, Santa, I swear. That is this close to the would you piss on me tweet from yesterday. <laughs> would you piss on me, old friend? Would you piss on me, old friend? Am I servile? I <laughs> <laughs> ride fucking Rod Dreher. Oh my god, that was incredible. That that is that is this I mean that is that is a that is a Lucius Malfoy tweet, really. You could just swap in yeah. Dumbledore there, really. Like <laughs> Oh, God. Well, good for him. He's having a good time, clearly. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so maybe that's something you could talk about when, when you win the contest is, is hey, what's with the tweets? I'll print out some tweets and we can go, <laughs> we can go through them. <laughs> Just have some questions about your tweets. <laughs> can you explain this to me? <laughs> Do you know what a fluffer is? Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff they're doing for Christmas on the Wizarding World uh, website, which I think we will get to in uh, uh, the next couple episodes. They're even they're even plugging black milk, which is a crossover. I'm very oh. excited excited about. Yeah, but they never write copy for the licensed stuff. Yeah, yeah, if we can write our own. Ooh, 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 that sounds ooh. like a fun activity. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I'm penciling that one in <laughs> as something to do in a future episode, uh -huh, perhaps, uh -huh. is if if Black Milk won't write uh, copy for their Harry Potter merch, maybe we can. Mm -hmm. That would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, let's, let's put a pin in that. That's a great idea. For now, though, 
I would like to take us to another news article uh, that we missed uh, this week uh, during our break, which is on our good friend Screen Rant, web, uh, uh, the website we all love and uh, swear by. Yeah. Harry Potter, the 10 saddest things about Snape. <laughs> Okay, uh, I mean, I, I I got a little high, like, excited talking about my sweepstakes with Jason Isaac, so now you <sighs> brought da- down with, with some sad Snape facts. Yeah, in fact, I would like to make a little game out of this. They obviously have ranked this as a top 10, uh, so presumably oh, in descending course. order. Yeah. Um, but can I get, like, a maybe out of, like, five sobbing emojis how sad each of these things is to you on each one it's like oh, it's not sure. really a game out of i just 10? oh uh, yeah let's go out of 10 10 how many out of 10 sobbing emojis how sad each of these things is to oh you. sure yeah um because um, you know this this is their top 10 list but I, w- I would like to know if you agree with their their rundown or if you would arrange things differently okay yeah one significant reason for Harry Potter's success is its abundance of intriguing characters. Mm. A lot of them are obvious heroes from the start, while others stand on the opposite side and never become more than villains. And then there are those <laughs> who walk the fine line between the two, such as Severus Snape. Snape first appeared in the books as a teacher at Hogwarts, but it soon became obvious there was more to him. For a while, it looked like he was on the side of evil, only to be revealed as a hero. His life was far from perfect, though, and there are plenty of sad things about Snape. <laughs> oh, no. 10 out of 10. Difficult childhood. And they have a picture <laughs> of him in the flashback from the movie. <laughs> a person's childhood has a strong impact on what kind of person they turn out to be in the future and what type of life they will lead. Childhood means joy and carelessness for many, but that wasn't the case for young Severus, who deserved better. Is that it? That's it. That's it? That's it. Was there just like oh, a flash? I'm sorry. You know what? I scrolled down and there's like a line break and there oh. is more here. Okay. He was good. born into poverty and his father was abusive. So the only joy Severus found was in studying and his friendship with Lily. Is it because we got a flashback of him like being sad as a child and like his dad yelling in the background? Is that what we know this from? I Maybe this is this is screen rant. So I think we're going movie only here. Mm. Um. So yes, I think. Oh no, uh, maybe it's not though, because they do mention the books in the in the preamble. So maybe maybe we're pulling from both here. The picture is from a flashback from the film where he is a teen and looking sad. I I'm sorry, but I've got to give this a, a two out of ten. As okay. with most flashbacks, it just feels a little bit like extraneous information to me. Right. Right. Like, of course, in abstract, uh, uh, shitty childhood. That's that's 10. That's 10. Crying that's emojis. sad. That's crying emojis for sure. But in the story, the way it's presented, it's kind of nothing. Yeah. It's sort of like, come on. Come on, man. You're a 35 <laughs> year old wizard. <laughs> right. Yeah. OK. Yeah. OK. So two. So you're 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 putting that at a two. So mm-hmm. honestly, they, they've put it at ten out of ten here. So you're not far off from their their take here. Nine yeah. out of ten. Yeah, he yeah, w- yeah. And, and and to be clear, this is different from the previous one. This okay. Is different, a different one than difficult childhood. <laughs> sure. Number nine. He was bullied. Ah. So I think they're really stretching it a it's little bit. It's just piling here. on, isn't it? 
Even once Severus Snape entered Hogwarts, his life wasn't all roses and sunshine. In fact, he soon became the target of bullying, thanks to none other than James Potter and his group of friends. And even though James didn't want Snape to die or get severely hurt, he still made his school years much more difficult than they had to be. This is difficult childhood to me. Yeah. I I feel like I'm going to give... I just am I'm not that sad about it. <laughs> to be fair, Sirius did try to kill him. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, he tried to get him killed. So yeah. so that's pretty sad, I guess. I okay. I I give that um no sobbing emojis, but like one of the one the single tier one. Okay. The, yeah, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know. Yeah, or like the grimace emoji, maybe. Yeah. Like, eh, not not a yeah. good look. Not a good look, serious. Yeah. Right. Number eight. He watched Lily fall in love with James. Oh. If Lily Ooh-hoo. chose <laughs> if Lily chose anybody other than James as her partner, Severus would probably still be unhappy about it, but it's possible he would have accepted it better. What a sentence. <laughs> But when Lily fell for the guy who was bullying Snape for years, it was understandable Snape felt disappointed and betrayed. It would also explain his later hatred for Harry, but also his desire to protect the young boy. Snape hated Harry's father, but loved his mother. And because of Lily, he didn't want Harry to die. I'm going to change the game. I'm just going to respond with the kind of emoji. With the emoji. Okay, yeah. This is a clown emoji for sure. (laughs) Get over it, man. (laughs) uh yeah yeah snape is like in his 30s uh it's very sad everyone you know unrequited love very sad but you gotta get over it at some point so uh and and i will say uh snape hated harry's father but loved his mother and because of lily he didn't want harry to die that is a low bar for a teacher i don't want one of my students to die because i do (laughs) like his mom I would prefer if he did not die purely because his mom was all right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I expect a little more of teachers, I guess. Mm-hmm. And maybe like adults in general. <laughs> People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven out of ten. And then he lost her. Some people might consider Snape's relationship with Lily obsessive, but he did step back as she went on with her own life, even if it meant Lily marrying a man who used to bully Snape. And while it's true that Snape went to the Potter's house after Voldemort's attack, it was a natural reaction. After all, wanting to protect someone who Snape loved felt like an obvious move. Uh, And losing Lily was hard on Sirius. He still wanted her to remain happy and alive. one of the things that um that is going to be like my sticking point with the whole snape like sad love story thing is that it it feels like as soon as murder is involved the stakes change yes and that snape was in love with her feels almost immaterial to everything else yeah i mean it's sort of compounding two like tropes at once right and like that's i i don't think that using like a a classic storytelling trope is like inherently bad or whatever but i feel like conflating unrequited love with uh uh being murdered by evil hitler wizard Mm -hmm. i think once the second one enters the picture the first one kind of loses a little of its uh intrigue i think yeah i i definitely like sort of disagree with people that um 
that just try to reduce it to the idea that like, oh, Snape only cares because he is a creep and was in love with Lily. And it's like, well, yeah. he did like get someone he knew murdered, which feels like sort of a yeah like different issue but i don't know i don't remember how it's written very well yeah i guess i guess we've got 10 chapters it's in there somewhere so i'll give this one an upside down smiley face (laughs) how about that (laughs) perfect yeah (laughs) yeah that fits six he repeatedly put his life in danger that is sad um snape's life as a double agent who worked both for voldemort and dumbledore involved a lot of danger He had to watch his every word and expression to make certain Voldemort and the Death Eaters wouldn't learn the truth about him. Living in a state of constant anxiety would be no easy task for anyone. And even though Snape seemed to have handled it, he might have wished for a more peaceful life. We don't know that he was anxious. Yeah, we don't know. That's not sad. That's badass. It's like James Bond shit. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's 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 the cool part of the character. Yeah, I don't think Snape ever showed like a shred of anxiety about it, really. Like, no. I think he, he he definitely obviously is carrying like the remorse over the Lily stuff, but I don't think he's anxious. I think he's like good at his job of being a spy. He doesn't seem like an anxious kind of guy. No, not really. Maybe as a teen, but not as an adult. He kind of seems like he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, and that's cool. This is yeah. this is not sad. This, this is, is badass. Okay, what emoji do you put here? Sunglasses? Let me peruse. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? Sorry, I, I'm. I have to sit on this until you've chosen your emoji. Okay. Um. This is gonna be maybe a weird one, but I think I'm gonna pick the like man getting married emoji. Not because. And, <laughs> okay. And, and it's because um, unless you see it with the bride, it just sort of looks like James Bond. Oh, it's like a spy with his date walking right. into like a like yeah. a, walking into the casino or whatever. Exactly. Like James Bond entering with with his the Bond girl on his arm <laughs> and yeah. seeing and seeing Mads Mikkelsen at the poker table and saying like, OK, I got to go. Right. Got to go play this poker game. OK, I get you. Yeah. I feel uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. OK, sorry. The reason I was laughing is because. Uh, so number six was he repeatedly put his life in danger. And then number five is, <laughs> and no one appreciated it. And <laughs> the picture that they have chosen is him looking very forlornly at Voldemort. I need, I will post this on the Twitter when this episode goes live and I'm sending this to you right now. This is one of the funniest p- images <laughs> and captions I've ever seen. Screen Rant really knocks it out of the park with these sometimes. And no one appreciated it. He looks, walking. I can't even describe the expression on his face. He's just like, he's had enough. Well, so it's, it's perfect because if I remember right, this image was sort of a meme. There's like a deep fried ass JPEG of this scene mm-hmm. with this face. And he's like, my lord, I'm afraid that someone ate all the Oreos or something like that. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure this has become like a really like bad normie meme. But but seeing it in this crisp HD form with and no one appreciated it is way funnier than any of those. It's beautiful. That was the other thing. I hate to harp on this from the previous point, but like that's his vibe when he's hanging out with Voldemort is that everyone else in the circle is like nervous and fidgety and Snape is like chill and cool. Yeah. Snape is cool. He knows, he knows what's going on. He's, he's in command. He's the cool guy. 
I'm also noticing in this picture that you can really see Rafe Fiennes' like shaved head. <laughs> yeah. Like his hairline, really. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Voldemort with a visible hairline is very funny to me. <laughs> Uh, in walking the fine line between Dumbledore and Voldemort, right and wrong, good and evil, Snape risked his life on a regular basis, but considering the secrecy of his work, nobody besides Dumbledore knew Snape was a double agent until Harry and his friends learned about it. I that mean, brought... yeah. Yeah. That's the point it's of being a double part of agent. The gig. <laughs> that, that's, that's the job description, really. <laughs> oh, Snape, he's a double agent. Oh, you didn't know that? Uh, that brought Snape the reputation of the traitor and the bad guy, even though he was neither of these things. Yeah. I mean, that was sort of, that's, that's why he's cool. That's why he's cool. That is the job description. That is what is what you do when you are a cool double agent who puts your life in, in danger all the time. Mm-hmm. What emoji does this one get? Um, the shushing emoji. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the emoji that Snape has to send to everyone who knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number four, he had to kill Dumbledore. Snape knew what was coming when he examined Dumbledore's injury and knew that the Hogwarts headmaster didn't have long to live. But he was ready to try and cure him had Dumbledore not proposed another thing. Dumbledore asked Snape to kill him, which was the last thing Snape wanted to do, considering his respect for Dumbledore and their friendship. In the end, though, Snape went against his wishes and did kill Dumbledore, protecting Draco Malfoy in the process, since it was Draco who was originally tasked with uh, to take Dumbledore's life. I guess that's sad. That's kind of, that's, yeah, that's sad. Were Dumbledore and Snape friends? Uh, I don't think Dumbledore was friends with anyone. Yeah, I feel like Snape just kind of respected him and kind of owed him one for, like, not shooting him in, in the head with a three fifty seven Magnum when he came back <laughs> uh, from, from Godric's Hollow, right? Like, yeah, I don't, um, I don't think I don't think they were really friends. Yeah, his boss, maybe, that he respected. Not friends. Uh, what emoji do you give this one? another one of the single tier yeah it's like yeah. sad but it's an ironic twist about it. to his character yeah but it's not it's not yeah, really it's the irony tier yeah wow so, what a tragic twist <laughs> three he never got his happiness there's no denying that snape could be cruel and also mock some of his students bullied them uh, but no one still has to wonder how his personality could have been different if his life had been a little happier. Snape knew very little happiness in life. He only had two close friends, Lily and Dumbledore. Again, I question the Dumbledore thing. <laughs> Maybe we're going to find out that he considered him a friend in these 10 chapters, but I really feel like he was like his boss. Uh, and he wasn't able to stop either of them from dying. So he must have been a very lonely person. I mean, Maybe he likes being alone. Yeah, maybe he likes that. He's a cool vampire guy. Maybe he just wants to game. Yeah, I mean, he, I don't think we really know how happy or not he was in his like off time. Yeah, we. we this is similar to like when there there was that thing we found about how like McGonagall was cool because she was like she she was she was never fucking because she was too busy being a teacher. I was like, uh-huh. you know, they're teachers for. Like, five days out of the week. Five days out of the week, and also like they have summer break, and they so, can like, teleport. 
and they can teleport. They, these professors probably have real lives. Like they have homes, presumably. Uh, but like we only they're only like monoliths because we see them through the students perspectives and students don't really see teachers as like people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so that that was that was a weird one. I mean, I guess the one thing we know about like Snape, quote unquote, not finding his happiness is that we we know that he. Always. Yes. Loved Lily. Yeah. But I guess that that's sort of like you have to accept if you're like he never found happiness that you have to sort of be like, well, romantic love is the only happiness that matters. Yeah. Like if we're taking the other part of this, this article as gospel and that he was like a badass, like double agent who did what had to be done. That could be satisfying for him. Like, yeah, well, I didn't I didn't get lily but like i high I did, job satisfaction yeah i did i did uh own the dark lord uh and help save the world so maybe he was all right with that also like the again so much of this hinges on when we when we finally do get to the always stuff right mm-hmm. but like the the way similar to what you were saying about like oh how like oh everyone was always talking about like how snape is like a creep right mm-hmm which I think is a, an annoying part of the way his story is framed for sure. But also I feel like it's, it's taken in a really odd way. I think, cause you can always love someone who you're like, not still obsessed with, you know, like there are, if, if someone dies, you can kind of still, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I'm always I'm always thinking about that person that doesn't like preclude you from moving on otherwise. Right. Like, I feel like that the it's almost a bit like the Beauty and the Beast Stockholm Syndrome thing where it's like it's really kind of like become a game of telephone where like the the, the thing that is presented in the story is not the thing that people argue about. Like, it, it's it's a lot of arguing about hypotheticals. Yeah, I guess the, the thing that gets me is like they want to take that character out of the context of the story that he's in and be like, wow, if someone acted this way, they would be a real creep in real life. And I like, like, okay, but if this happened in real life, like I'm like, I'm thinking about it and being like, okay, well, uh, there was someone that I had a crush on in high school and uh, he wore a hot topic trench coat and could do DDR backwards. And that was really (laughs) cool. Um, And I think back about that now and I'm like, I've moved on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like my my emotions are right. are nothing. If I had done something that got him murdered, <laughs> right? Exactly. I That's might what still, I'm thinking. I about. might still think about it a little bit, right? Ex- exactly. If if you felt guilty for getting for getting for getting your d- <laughs> if you accidentally uh, uh, took him to the arcade where you knew but just forgot the DDR machine uh, <laughs> was rigged to blow. <laughs> or had a, a a loose wire that would electrocute you. Uh, I thought if you it was going to be a really it. funny prank, so I like put a bunch of like slipper a banana peel on the VR <laughs> machine. <laughs> you poured some Crisco on the on right. the VR mat before you, and then you, and and then and it in turns retrospect, out that's not great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly right. Like I feel like it is not actually that unreasonable for snape to carry a torch for someone he feels responsible for getting murdered (laughs) regardless of whether or not he's in love with her right like that's sort of like that's that's one wrinkle to it but i feel like he would probably feel pretty bad about it regardless right 
So I, I think that's reasonable in like a real life scenario to feel that way. And then putting it back in the context of the fictional book series he's in, I'm like, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. So what emoji do you give this one? Um, I, I want to give it the um the new the newish one that I really love, and I don't know what it's called, but it's like the the new like queasy. Oh, like the woozy face? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the wiggly mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a great emoji. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, okay, yes, perfect. Uh, two, he tried to save Lily. This one is a bit of a moot point, but could still count. When Snape learned about the prophecy and realized what it meant for Lily, the woman he never stopped loving, he tried to persuade Voldemort to spare Lily's life, but he failed. On the other hand, Snape wasn't so keen on begging Voldemort to spare James or Harry. Either way, his effort to save Lily failed. That's just unlucky. That's just unlucky. I And, and again, if we go back to the previous metaphor, so Snape found out that Voldemort was going to uh, uh, loosen the screws in the arm bar on the DDR machine. Uh, and Lily <laughs> was going to uh, uh, fall over while playing uh, the mm-hmm. butterfly song or right. whatever and smash yeah. her head into the concrete and, and die. Um, again, <laughs> uh, I, 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 he, he, he tried to save her, but he couldn't. And I think, I think that's, that's fine for a character to do. Yeah, I, you know it's not. Hey, Snape, you you did not un- unscrew the arm bar on the on uh-huh. the DDR machine. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's like just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit that with like the the open mouth surprise. <laughs> just like whoa, <laughs> whoa. We tried to save her. Whoa, that's whoa. All right, number one. What do you think the number one saddest thing about Snape is? <laughs> I feel like this has hit all of them, so I can't imagine. Maybe they'll like try to double dip and be like, "Lily died." Well, they've like, they've sad. already double dipped multiple times in this. I know. I, feel. I know. <laughs> number saddest one. Thing. Number one. The saddest thing about Snape is his all death. Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> number really? one. His death. <laughs> I feel like this is cheating. I feel like you can't screen rant. That doesn't count. That's not the saddest part of a character. He died. <laughs> that's that's not. That doesn't count. That's the that's saddest not part a, about Ned Stark got his head cut off. <laughs> that's not a character trait. Being dead is not a trait. <laughs> Snape's greatest wish was to defeat, defeat Voldemort, but he never saw that happen since he died before Harry stood against Voldemort <laughs> for the final time. Many people died in the last battle. More and more people are dying in the Battle of Hogwarts. <laughs> but Snape's death felt more impactful since he was the one who helped make sure Harry would survive long enough to defeat Voldemort in the first place. Mm. Wow. <laughs> They've also they've selected a wonderful picture of Snape in the last movie with his very luscious eyeliner. Oh, good. How do you feel about this one? What emoji are you feeling? Um, skull emoji, I guess. Because <laughs> he died. He died. That's he gets the skull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
that's this is such a cheat. This is this is you can't put his death as the number one saddest thing about a character. Is there a letter F emoji like the like the B? Oh yes, no. There's like one of every letter. It's okay, like a so blue... maybe that one. Yeah, but yeah, press F to pay respects for for Snape. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow, uh, that's powerful. That's uh, that that's the ten saddest things about Snape. When was um, this posted? Is it is it date stamped? This was posted yesterday. Just uh, churning the content again, huh? We're just back in the content mines. We're back <laughs> at it. It's all we're all good. Everything's fine. We are back to just putting Harry Potter clickbait out there. We live in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's sad. That's a crying yeah. emoji for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sob emoji. We live in hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but good news, we're in December already. Well, I would love to click any of these other related links in the sidebar, which are uh, things only book fans know about Severus Snape. Uh, the Severus Snape, the Marauder's worst bully... Uh, the most annoying things about Severus Snape uh, and the things no one ever understands about Severus Snape. But I think we should probably take it to the close. What do you say? Sounds good. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. Uh, you can check them out on Bandcamp and you can check us out at Patreon.com slash StreetCast. We are back. We are we're caught up on Higurashi, the new show. We are talking about movies. We will, I swear to God, start Twilight at some point soon when we have the time. Uh, we've got movie episodes. We've got other book episodes. we got lots and lots and lots of content there for you, all for the low, low price of $3 a month. And Liz, what are we going to read next week? Hmm. We are going to read, I think, chapter 28. It's called The Missing Mirror. I don't know what that could be about. Just kidding, mm. I do know what it's about. I know exactly what it's about. Perhaps the little mirror that has an eyeball in it sometimes? Very cool. All right. Well, even if that really tickles your fancy and you're like, damn, I want to know what mirror they're talking about, please read another book. Please read another book. There's a lady in there, makes ocean rolls seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch her eye. Because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.